I uh, bought them for the chalk, but uh, ooh, a little rough. It stayed for the beef. Stayed for the beef. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here just go, here for the beef. Go for the chalk. Take that down as a shirt. Will. Tapioca too. Will that work? Stay for the beef gelatin. No. Came for the chalk. Stayed for the beef. Wow. <laughs> Those words were never strung together ever in the history of human language. Uh, buying that whole double carton was worth it. Double carton. <laughs> yeah, how it's many a box. Packs, it's many, a fucking box. How many packs do you get? Cigarette packs do you get in twenty that? something? I don't know. Twenty and boxes. Something. That's uh, and that's and, a lot of chalk. And how much shit did Deb give you when you opened the box? She goes, "What the fuck is that?" I, I don't know. I didn't pay attention. You just because I have my box it out. of fucking. <laughs> Candy. Well, because you forget I was not here the episode that he uh, talked yes. about it. So I was like, why the fuck did you order these? He was all about it that episode. You just kept going on and on about the candy yeah, cigarettes. Yeah, but we saw it coming. He, yeah. He, on the show, he was like, hey, remember candy cigarettes? And you could feel the blossoming of the seed at that moment. Yep. And the flower and the fruit that it bore now. Yeah. How much does a carton of candy cigarettes cost these days? Not much. It was under 20 bucks. Okay. Yeah. What about? And I uh, rarely buy anything like on Amazon. I don't buy stuff. So when I buy something, I'm not going to catch hell for it because someone at this table, not naming names, (coughs) always has Amazon boxes coming to the to the house. In fact, she just. Dude, the Amazon box just got delivered. That's a work-related purchase. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Amazon. I realized, so this last work trip, uh, I ended up bringing home two client computers. I had four computers in my bag. Barry had to carry two of them for me. I had two client computers. And I have to travel with also a travel monitor. So I needed a lot more, like, accoutrement for that stuff. Yeah. So I needed, Jeez. like, something to carry it in. I needed an additional mouse. I needed additional, like, power cords. It was ridiculous. And, Deb and, actually and a mule. Wor- and a mule. Yes. Yes. Deb actually works at work. I kind of... He fucks off a lot. Yeah, I do. He does. But I have earned my way to this position. Yes. I, I had to work hard to not work hard. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned to delegate, to stretch things out, and to say at least three or four very smart things a day to cover. And this that's usually in the morning. He'll never change careers because he knows how to just minimally the do system. the job. He knows how to massage <laughs> the system. To cradle the system. Yes. <laughs> what? Wow. I, I don't I like don't... your tone, <laughs> sir. Yeah, Deb, I'm not detecting any hint of admiration uh, for uh, this uh, I bust my skill. ass for my job. I work hard. So. And you make a lot more money than yeah, me, I and do. that's cool, and it's worth it. Ah, <laughs> okay. Now with Barry, well, if you worked harder, you might you could maybe I make might more could money. Uh, more make more money. money. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. Welcome to therapy yeah. shock. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's host. been a while. It's been a while <clears> since we had that. Yeah. yeah. Barry, today hit the ceiling, Rob. <laughs> I am. Yeah. It's uh, he prefers the life of a kept man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not seeing an issue here. <laughs> <laughs> really? He does make me drinks at home, so that's nice. Uh, that is an upside. Yeah. Mm. And I cook. And he cooks. Huh? Wow. Mm. He cooks and he cleans. 
He doesn't sort clean. Of. I don't clean very well. He does well. not clean. Sort of. <laughs> I would clean, but I don't clean right. Yeah. No. Let's She'll be honest. micromanage true. my cleaning. Let's be honest. He doesn't clean well. It's not. He doesn't clean the way right. you want him to. No. Oh no! I never developed the pedestrian skill. Ooh, Do you know how many cry. times dishes have to re- get rewashed because they still have food on them? Because he yeah. just does this and then puts it down. Oh, I know that. I know that. You guys have a dishwasher. Not everything yeah, can go Barry. in the dishwasher. And he also doesn't load the dishwasher properly. Okay. Wow! For someone who I, I, loves I've heard games. that argument a few times. Yes. Now, it does I like games. Loading the dishwasher is Tetris. not a game. Tetris. Yeah. Tetris. I, I, I never really liked Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> now, does he not do the dishes well because he can't do it, or because patience? He has no patience. Oh, That's have, his. Problem. I have no patience. Or because since he does it wrong, he doesn't have to do it. I don't know, but it's it's definitely tied <laughs> to the patience. <laughs> Well, he is Barry is ADHD. Don't give away my fucking (laughs) secrets. What happened to the fucking bro code? (laughs) (laughs) This is Todd. There is no bro code. Bro code is asshole. It's It's like, hey, did you know this? (laughs) I I, I confess now, I am the masked musician from the 90s. God damn you. No, I just, uh, just not good at doing dishes. I haven't been, and I have no patience, which I realize this. I've come to accept this, and I've turned you? this character flaw into a feature. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. I think, God, that was what Dahmer said in interrogation, <laughs> wasn't it? No, 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 no. Hear me out. Oh, please. I am. I, I think re- he said that, too. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I killed a bunch of people, but hear me out. <laughs> Okay, so I may generally, I come to accept I have some traits which make me lazy. However, what's my job title? Marketing automation professional. So I automate Uh, marketing for lazy people. So they don't have to do it all themselves. And I'm good at it. I'm like crazy good at it. So lazy becomes a feature. Greed is good. Greed <laughs> works. This has been my TED Talk. Boy. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shack number 667, The Day After the Devil. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Vlarg. And Deb. And we're here to talk week and geek with everybody in tow. This is this is nice. This it feels, is nice. Feels, feels warm and cozy. Yeah. Families around the table yeah. with Andy in spirit. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, Spinning whatever. like the... Milkshake turtle, he is. <laughs> oh God! Oh, <laughs> such a good listen, drawing. Listen to the last. Oh my God! Uh, listen to the last show. You'll get <clears throat> yep. Uh, I really enjoyed episode six six six. I guess I got to say it's. Uh, Did yeah. you? Ple- pleasant, pleasantly happy with that show. Yeah. So, uh, before we continue on with the show, our regular, uh, let's uh, go ahead and take care of a little business. Uh, Kofi, if you want to support the show, you can join us on ko-fi.com slash GeekShock and see what tier rewards are there. And speaking of tier rewards, uh, it's time to give away the mini. I give away! Uh, Barry, if you wouldn't mind grabbing the, uh, the spinner. Give it away, give it away. Okay. Give it away. Yep. Uh, once again, Microscope provided us the uh, classic bingo spinner, so thank you once again, Microscope, for that. And a thank you to the Yifeng Toys Factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, this month's mini is the uh, a piece from the game War Machine, uh, basically a steampunk battle tech. Uh, nice and blue. I mean, a very, very... very I just love start that. Start your theme music here. Beautiful ultramarine blue. <laughs> he's, like, he's like... He's like... Dun, dun. I Jeff's think just ready to go. He's like, do I go now? 
I was just start... thinking what what I'm going to do. Oh, 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 like you're oh, going to do something like, different? Yeah. I, was gonna, okay, I thought yeah. about doing something Christmassy, but oh, yeah. okay. I, you know what? Figure out a way to do your actual song <laughs> and put a Christmas slant on it. I want to be impressed. So just pouring yeah, music with bells. Now. <laughs> now, now the pressure's on. I got nothing. <laughs> sleigh bells. That's right. It's sleigh just the same bells, song, song music, with yeah. sleigh bells. Uh, okay, so give it a spin. I need music. We've got a we've got a we got a ball. <laughs> Leon Mitt! Leon Mitt is the winner! What? Leon Congratulations, Mitt. Leon Mitt. You have won this month's mini, uh, so I'll be contacting you for an address. Heck, you're local. I'll probably figure out a way to just give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. Uh, I have chosen next month's mini. Uh, it's a very unusual one, so I will be uh, posting it on the uh, Discord on the Torgo's painting. What is it called? Torgo's painting. Layer, Torgo's painting, painting corner. corner. Painting corner. Grotto. corner. I like grotto. grotto. Grotto is better, actually. Like Torgo's painting grotto. I'm going to rename that. Do it. I love yeah, it. Yep. Do it. For people who don't know what we're talking about, that's our Discord uh, that you should be on because it's active and fun and uh, you get to insult Torgo every day. If you so desire. And you should. Uh, and all you have to do is become a Kofi member to do so. KO-FI.com slash GeekShock and that's where you'll find it. And also I want to put a very special thank you to Scoop Rodriguez. Uh, Scoop Rodriguez. Uh, last week we uh, talked about the reboots of Escape from New York and... People gave me shit for just because I hadn't seen it. Uh, apparently, Scoop Rodriguez has made that his uh, his current goal to fix that, and apparently is sending me a Blu-ray copy of the movie. So thank you very much, Scoop Rodriguez. I do look forward to seeing it. And it turns out my wife hasn't seen it either, so we'll probably watch it together. And Aww. and uh, two birds with one stone on that one. Two birds with one stone. Oh, is that yeah, the right. first one, or the, uh, L.A. Yeah. was the first one? No, no, New York. Escape no, from L.A. is the one you want to watch first. <laughs> <laughs> Don't uh, listen to the, anything he says right uh, now because you have no idea how much surfing is important to Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've and, only seen it on TV. Classic Cadillac convertibles, apparently. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, Escape from L.A. one of the finest movies of John Carpenter's entire oeuvre. <sighs> Dude, no. Just no. Just thinking about it still makes me cringe. Ugh. Even the soundtrack was cringe. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, I haven't seen that either. But <coughs> I'm not going to give you shit. For yeah, exactly. It. I don't expect it. But I, I know how much it's poo pooed. Why? I have to ask the question. I mean, there was a point in the '90s to early aughts where this, it's, where Carpenter was making some not good movies. Um, it's goofball cheese. Yes. It literally is throughout the film. And the script is garbage. I mean, Russell is still playing Snake straight, just like he did in the first film. Very little to say, a few one-liners here and there. But everyone and everything else around him is just goofball, over-the-top, scene-chewing bullshit. Yeah. Now, in Escape from New York, you have some really weird stuff going on. Right, uh, uh, Isaac Hayes is the Duke of New York with his yes. tricked-out Cadillac, and and uh, Harry Dean Stanton as Brain, and there's weirdness, right? But it's actually kind of a serious 
weirdness. Yeah, it's it's one thing to play a villain over the top because you yeah. you've come to expect it in that type of a movie. Yeah, but L.A. took the weirdness and went into goofy, and, and it 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 actually it kind the tone. Everything was kind of different. Yeah, New York was gritty. L.A. was cartoony. Yes, exactly. There you go. And every character plays it over the top. Not just the villains. Even the allies play it over the top. And it's just... It's such a weird blend of performances that it just is completely goofball cheese. Yeah. It's, it's, It's awful. It really is awful. I mean, Russell is the only saving grace of the film, and even he can't elevate it up to a point where it's a watchable movie. Wow. Okay. So, I, I should make you watch it sometime just so that you could see what no, I'm no, talking no, no, about. Just to teach you just for a, not no, watching no, 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 New no. York. No, no, punishment. So he can do a critical analysis of what we've said and see if it matches Because <laughs> yeah, that's his, what I'm known for, my, my yes. deep critical analysis. Yes. We can never get him to sit down and watch the movies that he needs to watch to begin with. You're going to waste a couple hours of his life on that when he should be watching other important films? Hey, Jeff was punished. Everyone should be punished. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> So what geeky things you do this week, uh, Deb? Well, <clears throat> um, I've done. Well, I haven't been here for a little bit. I know. So yeah, got a few things. Um, well, was in Houston last week for work, so we got to see some of our friends. So we played D and D, which is the game that I'm DMing right now. Aha! Yes. Which is nice. We've gotten to play two in person games lately which is wow obviously more fun what's that like i know right Shut up. i, well, I that, gave him so much listen, crap by that's the way the real friends yeah, yeah I know. Uh, i'm the dm <laughs> he's the dm on this game and it's up oh. to him to lead that and i keep pushing on it too and uh Ija shockey named a couple of our axe beaks uh master torgo and commander k yes we're gonna oh. eat them no, they're they're pulling the sled. We're gonna eat those yes. things. Oh, we're pulling the sled. Wait, wait, what? What do they? Axe beaks. So this this like campaign takes place in the far far north. So oh okay, like Axe severe beaks. cold weather. Yeah. Yes, dude, we're running rhyme of the frost maiden. So yes. they have oh. they have terror birds. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, frost beak, terror bird. Yeah. So yeah, so. <laughs> Asian and them after you guys. Um, awesome. But yeah, it was a good time. Um, we finally, they have gotten to the level where they're finally able to start venturing out of the starter area. So hopefully, you know, they've got a little wow. bit of strength so they don't die immediately. She's Just doing wait. it by the book. Yeah. Just wait until I get a fireball. Well, because the, the first couple of freaking campaign, not game, games, I almost killed them multiple times because I... It's your first experience DMing ever. It's yes. Fun. And the, the guy they were fighting, there's so many, because of the way the place, and you have so much travel in this campaign, there's lots of random rolling tables for encounters. Nice. And the characters, a lot of them that you randomly roll for, I pull up the stats and I'm like, uh, so it hits you for like 28 points of damage. Mind Yikes. you, they're level four, so they don't have that many hit points. Nice. So one hit can almost kill them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go <So>. Deb. Danger. <laughs> Come on. Danger zone. I like all the fun, uh, like the cold damage stuff and the... And the how they describe going through a blizzard and, and, and all that. But uh, I don't know about the travel so much. It was Tomb rough. Of, Tomb of Annihilation handled travel differently. There were like It was like a hex hex maps. It was right. a hex grid that you can go through and adventure here, adventure here, adventure here. 
But with Rime of the Frost Maiden, it's not really hex maps. It's just, all right, here's just a snowy frozen tundra with nothing but death and random encounters. Which really makes me understand. We had a game, one of the games that we played a few years ago that a friend of ours was DMing. We were pirates, right? And so we did a lot of sailing on the Sea of Fallen Stars. Yeah. And I think after we got to a certain level, he stopped making us do the, okay, now you need to roll for your abilities to see how you sail because that travel, that length of time starts to get really boring. <laughs> So he would a lot of, like when we got higher level, he would just skip it. He's like, well, nothing really happens. Okay, you guys yeah. make it to your destination, whatever. Or if something happened, he'll just say, this is what happened. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and after this last game, I can see that because it took them a long time. The, the entire game, we're traveling. Oh my God, it was ridiculous. Like, they had uh, to Lord do. Lord of the Rings, the game. Yeah, well, of. and I was trying. I was trying because it, like, you know, they, it's my first time DMing. So I'm trying to like, I'm feeling where I should follow the instructions versus I can just like ad lib it. And so I was trying to do my best because this is their first time really traveling out of town. And based on the map legend, it was like two weeks of travel. So, Oof. and they have to roll for like exhaustion. And is there mm. a blizzard? And yeah. do they have random encounters today? And then, yeah. So it was, it was a lot. I, I like that. That feels like old school D&D. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm just, I'm listening to this and I'm just like, ah. Yeah, bring back the FACO. I know. Back when the, <laughs> you had Facto. nine or 10 hour sessions and you you had multiple sessions a week and yeah. all that insane. Rest, D1-6, roll a one, random encounter. Oh, yep, yep, yeah. 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 And uh, kudos to Deb for uh, just doing a good job and not having to come to me to ask me a bunch of questions about DMing stuff. You're doing fine. Yeah, every once in a while I'll have a question for him about like lore for something that comes up or if he knows any background information on certain That's characters. That's why I took the character I did with a lot of history so that you could just toss it to me and be like, oh, I know about this thing. I say that in old man voice because I play an old man. He literally plays a character that won't stop talking and everybody ignores him. Oh, so like... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even it. We call so. it Geek Shock. Yeah, he's not playing. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's I renamed cool. the Sleep Spell. Hey, good story. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very good. Like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we also, on this trip, we got to play a new game that I haven't played. It's called Blockbuster, and it literally comes in a box that looks like an old rental Blockbuster movie. Oh. And I actually think we might pick this up because it plays... You play on two teams. It really doesn't have a team, like a, a person limit. So it's a game that you can play with lots of people. Um, and there's different sets you go through. And it was published in 2018, so it does have a lot of like newer movie content. Plus, it has a lot of old content. It has a field, Trivial Pursuit, where it has different movie categories. So like science fiction, fantasy, drama, da-da-da-da. And the goal is whichever team collects one of each color, and the colors are like Trivial Pursuit, the categories wins and there's eight different colors and you start off with a head-to-head and you get a topic and you literally have to go back and forth like in family feud kind of style with you hit a buzzer and you have to name name a movie with zombies and you have to go back and forth and back and forth you get 30 seconds until someone can't name anymore and whoever wins that it they get to start with choosing which cards their team gets to play and then what cards they don't want goes to the other team. I'm listing them uh, in my head right now. I, I'm, uh, I'm amused by this because this was another game prior to Blockbuster. It was Planet Hollywood, the game. Yeah. 
I which had the same familiar. thing with the buzzer and yeah. then going back and forth until someone can't anymore. Because you had it. I remember yeah. we had that at the at the condo. Yeah, and uh, and it was a great game. I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, I we had a good, we played it for a long time. We must have played for almost three hours that night because we we finished the game. And then everybody's like, let's just keep going. We just kept we can play answering Mexican questions. train for three hours. Oh, Easy. Boy, mm-hmm. I know, right? <laughs> that sounds like a good game to be played for a Kofi member. Uh, yeah, extra yeah. So too. extra oh. audio show. There I like go. it. Yeah, so that was it was really fun. It's always nice to play, to find a game that is fun that plays that many people because we have had yes. a hard time. Whenever we have get-togethers at our house, there's always like one or two too many people to play the majority of the games that we could play. Yeah. And so it's either leaving people out, you know, or not playing anything. That's what I mentioned before a few episodes ago where I said I needed to find games that are good for like eight players because... Most of the really amazing board games only play up to like six people. Right. So. Well, yeah. they do break after so many. They're, yeah. They do. Well, there, there's returns a, go too long. There's a mechanic to it. Yeah, but yeah, the Geek Shock board game should be minimum six players. Spot on. Just to, <laughs> right. I actually put some thought into that. It's like, yeah. what, what could it possibly be where I could incorporate as many uh, game things as possible? Deck mm-hmm. building, worker placement. Right. You know, yeah. Six players. Dice. You can pop-o-matic, uh, mousetrap. Yep, pop-o-matic, spinner. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Calling Andy. Yeah. <laughs> like literally calling Andy. Like you, put, you get his phone number yes. with the game. Yeah, you do. Like you used to with the Fruit Frame Roger Rabbit <laughs> Nintendo game. Here's the thing, though. He probably wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hello? Unless he got a phone call multiple times at like 3 o'clock in the morning. He probably wouldn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it's like, hello? Andy, I'm using my lifeline to call you right now. I have a question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no. That's and then it's like, that's by the way, for, who is this? After he's answered the question. Yeah. That's only for tier 10 Kickstarter uh, oh, okay. people. You know? oh, okay. Tier 10. Okay. Yeah. And at the end of the call, he'd be like, thanks for keeping me in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, we miss you. <laughs> hmm. Finally got to finish Wednesday. I, I as did I as did I. I have so enjoyed the show. I really have enjoyed the show. I first thing is it really makes me nostalgic for the '90s and a lot of the clothes I used to own and have, and a lot of the shoes that she has worn through the show. I'm like, I used to have those. I don't have them anymore. <laughs> then I started looking on Doc Martin on on their website. And I'm awesome. like, Christmas requests. Um, have you been inspired to go full goth? Not full goth, but I definitely wouldn't mind cosplaying some of the outfits Faux that she goth. has. Yeah. You have to dye your hair black. I've done that before. Yes, she has. Mm. Pale enough, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> fantastic show. It Absolutely oozes fantastic. charm. Yes. Everybody oozes charm. Not everybody. There's a few characters yeah, that are yeah. kind of feel like their their acting chops haven't fully uh, cooked yet. Yes. But. It's Tim Burtony without being over Tim Burtony. Yes, yes I, I was like worried that. about that because I hate Tim Burton. I'm right yeah, there with you. Don't, you don't like in the aesthetics. You can kind of see it, but not in like the the story line. Like you feel it in the imagery more than you do in the story. Did Johnny Depp show up? No, no, and Helena Bottom Carter did no. not either. Holy shit! <laughs> I um. know. And I was surprised that I actually didn't hate. Catherine Zeta-Jones' performance of Morticia. Yes. Like, I, when I first saw the previews, I was like, seriously, that's who they cast? 
for Morticia and Gomez. And then when you watch it, they're really only in a couple episodes because it is Wednesday. It's about Wednesday. They're not bad. They're not bad. Guzman, I think, is wonderful as Gomez. I just, I can't buy... The romance between the two. No, no. I, 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 you know, there's flashbacks. You can kind of see it. Please, please forget. Well, I'm not even talking that. I'm just talking about. I just, it just doesn't work for me. It's weird how much but, he looks like the original cartoon yes. Adam's family. Yeah. Yes, he Gomez. does. And uh, and he just the way he talks to Wednesday. You know, ah, oh, my little torment. You know, <laughs> it's just, ah, oh, that was great. He was great in that. Yeah, he did a good that. job. He did. My, my problem was coming in was that Raul Julia they took that role and made it. Oh own. yeah, yeah. So I'm comparing everyone to him, and that's why I had a problem. Like what? Uh, what was his name? Gomez, the guy who played Gomez. Guzman. Guzman. Luis Guz- yeah. Guzman. That's why I had a problem with him. But now I see it. It, it, it works. Yeah. yeah, it works. It's his own. It's his own version. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Julia totally. Way played it totally over the top. Just, and, and also just super sexy, super romantic, and it totally, totally no. worked. Guzman just went in a different direction, and and that, I think, I, I think it worked very well. I have so many questions about the universe, though. Do people realize that, like, monsters are real and they're just okay with it? Um, it's probably like anything else. They ignore it. And so many different other book you know, worlds that have kind of introduced these topics like Dresden Files is a big one. People, magic exists in the real world, but most people just don't want to consider that it's a thing. And so literally their brains just can't yeah. get around. Some universes explain it as a force of something acting on people and other times it's right. It's just, a, yeah. they ignore it and therefore it doesn't exist. And yeah. then their brains really just can't, even if they are directly told, someone sits them yeah. down and says, and shows them magic, like they convince themselves that it was imagined, they yeah. imagined it. Yeah. Well, you, you, he, could, you could argue that the Mothman, Bigfoot, and Chupacabra all exist and do, uh, but people don't believe it. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, not, not in this show. It's, it's fairly obvious that, like, vampires and werewolves and medusas and ghosts and whatever do exa- actually exist yeah. and people know it but you know what here's high praise for the show i'm the type of person that will pick that shit apart but i can just deal with it because the show's fun but it kind of yeah. works in the same way as harry potter yeah you know, magic exists in the world but muggles don't realize it. right well or they ignore they explain it. that away well, yeah but this kind of works in that same way you can explain it with the same <laughs> argument no no not the way it's portrayed oh my gosh again it doesn't bother me the show's fun doesn't it it sounds like it bothers clearly <laughs> clearly it does just a really? little just a little bit okay all right but not a enough for me to not like the show grain of sand yes bit just stuck right mm. stuck right um, in your tooth yeah but the actress who's playing wednesday and i can't remember her name right jenna now. ortega i think she does an excellent excellent She's job of portraying that character without blinking Oh, just the yeah. ability to portray things with the lack of facial expressions yes. in some cases. Like, she has done an excellent job playing this character. It, it's really funny. I'm Professor Biggs. I had a discussion on one of his Facebook threads because one of his theater friends chimed in with, well, her inexperience is very clear because she does nothing with her voice whatsoever. And it's like, that's the whole point. She does everything yes. with her face and her eyes. Yeah, but there should be a little bit in there. And she did. I'm sure she will learn as she grows old. And it's like, you're, and, and Steve's like, well, 
We're going to have to agree to disagree. And I'm I'm just, I'm, I type delete. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. Do you even understand right. acting? Well, and Come on, Kirsten. You've been around this. You know how every person that's been in the theater is an expert oh, on acting. Christ no matter how much experience they have One, and how they can accurately critique everybody's thing, performance. I One feel of the th- seen. The, <laughs> One of the things that really torques me is when people criticize their dislike of an artistic choice as technical incompetence. Yes. And basically, somebody makes a decision to do something, but the person criticizing it is saying, well, they obviously are not capable of blah. And it's like, no. And I've already seen... I'll, I'll mention it when I talk about my weekend game, but I've already seen Ortega in other things, and she definitely can act and use her voice. So it is so painfully obvious yes. what is going on here. And that was what drove me nuts. She's magnificent with her eyes. I was sitting there spellbound the first fucking episode just yeah. watching. And it was just amazing because she just she does it all. With her eyes. And it sounds can, like your academic experience and mine are very similar, where it's like everybody, it's like, that's not the decision I would have made to portray that character, so right. everyone else's decision is wrong. Right, right, right. And it's just like, it, it's not you. You're not in that part. You, that person chose to perform that character that way. How is that wrong? Especially when it's mm-hmm. it's clearly the show is very beloved. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, I think it's what, like the top or second top most rated yeah. show on Netflix? Number one. It, yeah, yeah, I was going to say it recently moved up to number one. Yeah, right? yeah. No, it's, it, and deservedly so. Yeah. It's wonderful. But you can definitely see it. I'm not going to give too much, but there's an episode where she actively smiles and it's like that right there speaks loads to how she plays Wednesday like with the just the deadpan delivery, but with mm-hmm. being able to tell exactly how she feels with how she is like speaking and oh, she just right. does an amazing job. Right. Yeah. Barry, what'd you do? Uh, Never well, mind. Matt, what'd you do? Ah, God damn it. <laughs> Nothing. All right, fine then. Barry, go ahead. Okay, so uh, I traveled uh, to Houston with Deb. Um, Houston. And when I travel, obviously, you know, you can't, you can't like, bring games and shit on, uh, on an airplane. Well, yes, you can. It's called, it's called the Switch. Nintendo Switch. Uh, and I don't normally like... Uh, a lot anything. of games, anything, but I especially don't like a lot of games on mobile. But I, I, I. You're not gonna bring up Raid if, Shadow Legends, if this are you? Turn, yeah, if this turns into Raid Shadow <laughs> oh Legends, I'm gonna fucking. I will die. Well, you know, you can get uh, free hundred points if you go to Raid Shadow. No, fuck yeah. that. <laughs> no, I hate that. Slash crap. Geek Shock. <laughs> but uh, I've been playing board game, the Board Game Arena app on your phone. It, you know, it actually really works for a lot of their games. Huh. Understand how much I fucking hate playing mobile games on he the does. phone, but this thing—it really works. In fact, I'm—I'm uh, I'm in a tournament for um, Seven Wonders Architects. Feels I, like we're in an infomercial all of a sudden. I normally hate these things, but this but I really, really love them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at his right wing wallpaper he's got on his phone there. What right wing? Wa- oh, the Punisher. You, you got the Punisher. Ah, uh... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Barry supports the blue line. Fuck you. <laughs> Anyway, I like Board Game Arena's app. And then, uh, just for funsies, I, I also downloaded an old game, uh, Galaxy Trucker. Uh, Galaxy Trucker on the phone. It really, really works. Does it now? Yes. It's uh, it's not too tiny? No, it's... it's. I mean, it's tiny, but it's not super tiny where you can't move things around. 
Um, uh, for those who don't know the board game, tell us about. Uh... Okay, Galaxy Trucker is that is a classic. Uh, you're a uh, trucker and you're transporting goods from one planet to another. And you, the fun part about it is in the beginning of the game, you have like a board and you with a bunch of empty squares, and you got to build your ship. And you can build like crew compartments, and you can build uh, lasers and engines or whatever. And you through pull, two tiles, through, through tiles, you everyone pulls tiles from, from that are face down from a pile. You pull it. You look at it. Do you want to lay it down? Nope. Then you lay it face up, and anyone else can take it as well. And everyone's doing this at the same time. It gets a little chaotic, especially when one person finishes their ship. Then you're on a timer, and you got to do it quick. And it's hard because there's lots of little tiles. Not all of them fit together. And so everyone has these haphazard, ass-backward ships that they're transporting goods on. And it's it's just a load of fun. And the campaign mode on this is uh, it, it, it's perfect. 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 Nice. Yes. So I recommend that. Wholeheartedly. Wow. Um, other than that, I really didn't do a lot this week because of travel. Okay. But I did get to, uh, I did get to wear a Lord of the Rings uh, ugly sweater, which I'm pissed off about yeah, because apparently it was missing Boromir and one of the hobbits. So what well, had everyone else? Yeah. Yeah. So it was my work Christmas party, and uh, I sent him options when I was looking at sweaters. It was like this one, this one, this one, and he just right off the bat, Lord of the Rings. Okay. Didn't it had the picture? Didn't count. <laughs> well, you expect there would be some goddamn Boromir on your sweater. I know nine left from Rivendell, not seven. Well, it's like I got the and and fellowship one of, the, of the Hobbit. Of and he didn't notice until he had been wearing it for a little while too. And Galadriel was on there too. What was that about? What? She's not part of the nine. <laughs> she was not. Shut up. <laughs> now I have to ask: Was this an actual knit sweater, or was it a uh, a sweatshirt? With screen printing on it. No, it's a sweater. Okay, because yeah. I see that a lot lately, and it drives me crazy. That's oh, no, lazy. I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's an actual sweater. Sweatshirts it's nice. with screen printing. You just Try. Rip, you just romp something, like, rip it off. That is not an ugly sweater. Rip. Yeah. Try, Jeff strikes again. <laughs> but it's always good to wear geek stuff around, because as soon as I came down the elevator and we were leaving, some girl was Someone like... Was like Where's Boromir? No. <laughs> I would have been impressed. No, some girl with Lord of the Rings tats with the uh, uh, Sindarin or whatever the name. What's, what's the, the script the called? Yes. What? It's not Sindarin. Sindarin's the elven language. It, it what's speak. No. There's a na- There's a word <laughs> for it. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, there is. Uh, there is. We, it's called uh, Similarium. No, it's not. <laughs> You're so wrong. God, so many ways I could tell you. You're I don't wrong. know. His face is believable though. He said it with a straight face. Yes, he did totally. Because he's a he's an awful person. Ten Tenguar. Tenguar. Thank you. That's it. That was gonna bother me. <laughs> Next one. Because it, it could be it could be Sindarin or it could be the th- the black speech. I thought they were X speaks. <gasps> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just just wait until they miss roll and you and I turn on them and oh, start shit. eating them. <laughs> we attack them. Oh. That's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> That's all I did. <laughs> Matt, you sure you didn't do anything? That's correct. All right, Jeff, what well, did you do? Nothing he can remember anyway. Right? That is also correct. Do you not live a geeky life? Sometimes. So Maybe. He lives a geeky <laughs> life. <laughs> wow, you got quite a list there. Uh, it's it's just a bunch of notes, but only a couple pertain to this particular episode. Thank God. First of which is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Everyone buckle in. Uh, I finished Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Ah, um, the the game of joy. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, oh my God, there, there's a couple moments which is so goddamn frustrating. 
And I hate this about myself. I actually had to change the difficulty level down a oh, notch to just to finish the game. Because disappointed. I spent, I'm not fucking kidding here. I spent an hour on this one villain that I just could not beat. I would get so close, like like slivers away. And then he'd go into his, you know, attack fury and you just can't defend it. And So what you're telling um, me is this is Star Wars Dark Souls. Probably. So I am very excited about Fallen Order, uh, the the sequel to the game that's coming up soon. When is that supposed to come out? Because I know I saw uh, that. But... I just saw the trailer, and I don't remember the date that was on it. I yeah, just the trailer know just next came year. out. So it's going to be sometime late next year. Yeah, most likely. So I'm actually very excited about. It. I really did enjoy the storyline of the game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to the uh, to the sequel. I'm really glad that when they designed that character. That they based it on Rusty from European Vacation. <laughs> I think that was a smart choice. <laughs> I I can't I can't look at him and not think of uh, the TV show that he was on on Showtime, um, uh, Shameless. Ah yes, because it's the you know the same actor. So I keep sitting there going, I'm like, when is he going to do something really terrible? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that that was fun. I finally got to finish a game because I haven't done that in a while. Because a lot of times I just get bogged down with, like, for example, uh, the. Uh, uh, <laughs> hey Jeff. Oh, yeah, shit. I know. Thank you. Good story. <laughs> wow. Uh, and Her- Jeff Horizon, goes to sleep. <laughs> I was starting to say uh, I could. I just couldn't get the word out. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Every every time I do something, it just opens up a whole bunch more stuff. So it just. I, 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 I've Are been you talking about how your game. brain works or yeah. the game? The, yes, thank you. Both. <laughs> how uh, far into Horizon Forbidden West are you? I think I'm only like sixty percent, and I've been playing it a long time. So I do like little chunks, and then I'm just like, I have to, I have to take a break. M- take a break for sometimes a month or more to just to process process everything. Uh, but here's something that Barry might find interesting. Oh, then I'm out. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. So I recorded this a while back. I finally got to watch it. It's a show called Pickled. And it is about a pickleball tournament. And it, uh, it's actually currently available on Paramount+. Plus. So if you want to watch it, you can uh, definitely watch it. It is hosted... God damn it! Yes, wow. thank you, thank you. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff is shut. First, down. I thought this was like about booze. So did I. <laughs> I was trying to. Okay, I'm down. I, yeah, I'm. Yeah. I don't. I, I have to admit, when I hear pickleball, I don't think of Barry right off. I don't either. Yeah. I'm not a Nor do I. You wanted to build a pickleball court in your backyard. No, I want to build a bocce court. Pickleball. <laughs> 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 Fun fact, we have pickleball courts available to us in the community. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Maybe that's where I got the two confused. Because I know, I swear to God, you talked to me about pickleball one time when you were showing me where your house was being built. Yes, and I said, look, they have pickleball courts. Well, I will never use. Well, anyway. Jeff, I think he's going to be way into this. I don't even know what pickleball is. It's It's, it's miniature tennis, Yeah. yeah. I think I delayed watching it for so long because just nothing about pickleball seemed interesting. But I'm with um, you. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's why you chose it. It's this, got my attention. Now watching the Chinese play badminton. Holy They're animals. Shit Have you balls. seen this? Yes. My God. What the flying fuck is going on? Extreme athletes Jesus playing this Christ. game. <laughs> Do you mean? 
ping pong? No, I mean no, fucking badminton. badminton. Oh. But you're Dude. not wrong there either, man. Yes. <laughs> They're going insane with the thing. Dude, it's... YouTube yeah. that. It's yeah. worth it. Sorry, Jeff. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Not now. There's a lot of channeling right going on over yeah. here. <laughs> it's, it's really kind of funny. Anyway, it's hosted by Stephen Colbert. <laughs> Uh, it's it's only about an hour and a half long, so you can. It's, it's a, I'm gonna have a pickleball. It's a it's a full on tournament. The pickleball itself is not as entertaining as the people who are performing. Yes. In it. Okay. So is yes. it like is it like uh, the league where it's the yes. human or like dodgeball? Story. Where it's it's like it's an all celebrity tournament. The movie. Oh, oh, all celebrities. Are know. we talking yes. like Battle of the Network Stars type yes. of celebrities? That's like Z-list. Yes. No, 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 no. Is this, like, is this a movie like Dodgeball? Or is this a movie like... Well, like, for example, Will Ferrell and Tig Notaro are a team. And they make it all the way to the finals, which is, you know... Spoiler alert. Like but I don't like... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are they Will Ferrell and Tig Notaro? Like, yeah. He means, are they playing characters? Are they characters? They're being themselves, but okay, they are. So it really is. They are cracking jokes all the way through. Well, so. I, I love Tig Notaro. Will no, Farrell. Eh, I'm not asking about that. I'm and asking Luis about Guzman the whole was the also in it. Battle of the Network Stars thing, where they are themselves and they're yes, it's themselves. <laughs> or is it like the Chips Roller Disco? <laughs> <laughs> like like the, that level of stars, best mm-hmm. show ever. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that that was an example of fitness. That was an example of indentured servants, actors, <laughs> being forced to go to this stupid thing. Anyway. <laughs> Eric, uh, Eric Estrada was amazing. The, the competition was actually quite amusing because, you know, especially like the comedians are cracking jokes the whole time. Um, but what was really surprising is uh, Emma Watson and Sugar Ray Leonard are a team in this thing and it was amazing how competitive Emma Watson is she wanted to win and win bad uh, and it was uh, it was like if you'd pluck Deb in the, one of these tournaments I, I kind of like, see them as one of the same <laughs> yeah, yeah really like I can see Deb like it. throwing her pickleball racket is that what it's called and, the pickleball racket it's, you should know Barry you're a big fan clearly <laughs> it's a pickleball paddle I just paddle, I'd love to see that just throws it at Sugar Ray Leonard and you know, <laughs> gives him another detached retina and <laughs> just like oh shit but anyway. Red card. Red card I still could care less about the actual game of pickleball, but I found it very entertaining uh, um, watching uh, these guys go at it. So anyway. Ne- ne- next time, Jeff, lead with the celebrities. <laughs> well, I was trying to get there, but somebody kept talking over me. Lead so, you know, does I, not mean try to get there. Lead means start. start. <laughs> anyway. Got to start on time, Jeff. Start on time. Oh, you're telling me about starting on time. <laughs> Woo! Spicy! Smackerino! Have at you! I think we need to start a Geek Shock Badminton League. Oh my god, no. Jesus. <laughs> and no, your no. reasoning behind this decision? Just because I want to emulate those, those guys in China. That... But yeah. that's not going to happen. And... We have to be sloshed. We have to be barefoot, so Deb can't pull that, oh, I didn't wear my flip-flops bullshit and not participate like she does. The one time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And not none of you were there. Yeah. Of Deb's plan. That won't be, happen We're going to need protective gear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to be all of, of us against Deb. Yeah. We're still going to lose, and a few of us are probably going to get hurt. With yeah. the gear just, on. Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to need cups. 
We're all gonna need those those head those foam head things at the box or something. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, definitely. Need bourbon, lots of it, <laughs> lots of bourbon. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll just football dress, padding. We'll dress in the sumo suits. So oh, the sumo suits, yeah, 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 that we don't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as opposed to what the big foam hats that we don't have. What what are you fucking? What, <laughs> what is this? If I could give you a list of wow. all the things we don't have. Why would you make a list we of what have. we got? It'll be. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> Kirsten, what'd you do this week? Oh, well. Are you done, Jeff? I had one more thing I was going to Well, I oh, want to know what it is now. At this point, yeah. I'm yeah. bated breath. <laughs> <laughs> He's so aggravated. Oh, look at his face. Oh, God. You're missing this, people. <laughs> I want to describe this. That's that look of supreme aggravation. I get it a lot from Jeff. I only wanted to bring it up because it ties into something we just talked about, Kirsten, ah. with oh. the acting uh, choices. Oh, ah. yes. Uh, acting. Yeah. Mm. The so Disney Plus just uh, did a, uh, I guess, a remaster of Muppet Christmas Carol, mm. and it includes some scenes that were taken out uh, since it's uh, since right before it's theatrical and then after theatrical release, stuff that was uh, the way Brian Henson actually wanted the movie to be, mm. but oh, then did the they studio put back forced the deleted scene yes. where 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 yeah. Rolf knocks over a liquor store? No, yeah. and and Kermit fucks Piggy. Mm. Um, Controversial that scene. Yeah. It, it's very strange because his orgasm is just what you think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> But what I wanted to bring up was uh, I did go down the rabbit hole on this because yeah, uh, Kermit did too. They were talking about <laughs> that's, that's pork, not rabbit. How Michael Caine told Brian Henson he was going to perform the character, oh, yeah, and how he was said he was going to perform it like uh, like a stage version, and he said he wasn't going to blink all the way through. And when you go and watch it, you do see he does not blink in a single scene. It's kind of trippy. But it is fun to to see that he is performing it as a stage performance mm -hmm. throughout the film, uh, and that's I think maybe why it's so engaging, because he does uh, Michael Caine really does a great job as the really the only live action character in this whole. That's a tough movie. thing to do. But yeah, it, it, if you're into it, and but it's he, like watching the Muppet Show. If if the if the yeah. if the celebrity is into it, the interactions can be amaze balls because all of those Muppeteers know how to work with the person. So yes. if the person relaxes and gets into it, the the whole chemistry can just be amazing. Yeah, and he said he was going to play it absolutely serious. Like, right. that every character he was interacting with, even though they were a Muppet, is, is a sure. serious person that he was going to play off of. How you have to do and it. And I just, I found that fascinating, his, his choices and how it's come out since then, how he decided he was going to play the character of Scrooge in this film. Man, I've said I, it before... And it hasn't changed since. I want to see them redo at least parts of real popular, serious movies, but replace a few of the actors with Muppets. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. I want to see Kermit give that speech that... Uh, oh, <laughs> Kermit. The coffee is for closers. Yes. I want, to see, I want to see that. I see that more of a Sam the Eagle part. Yeah. See, um, you, no, I, I agree with you on that. Definitely more uh, Sam see, the Eagle. I, see, I'm too, I'm too uh, transgressive because I would have had Fozzie. <laughs> like a, coffee is for closers. Now, ah, a good, waka waka. A good Pacino part for Fozzie would be from, from Heat. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so who's De Niro? Who's De Niro? Oh. 
Oh man. Oh, God, man. I don't know. Doctor Teeth. Oh, Doctor Teeth. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I Beaker. Well, if you're gonna say Beaker, if Fozzie yeah, is Pacino, it has to be Kermit as De Niro. Well, it's because true. that would be so not what you would think yeah. Kermit or, being cast Gonzo. in that role. Gonzo. Gonzo. Yeah. Gonzo. Although, although I, I, I would too. love the diner scene where uh, where the face to face. Yeah. Yes. And, and 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 one side of it is always. <laughs> <laughs> but if you and I meet out there, it's going down. <laughs> I would watch seven completely cast with Muppets. Oh my god, that would be awesome! Yeah. Didn't they do a bit at one point? I think they probably did a little bit of it, but the head lo- in the box would then start talking at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Bunsen Honeydew as the killer. Yeah. Oh my. Oh my god. god. Oh, yes. 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 Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And is it Beaker's head that's in the box? He opens it up. Yeah, you, and you have the no, seal. dude. It's Janice. You you have the sealed box, and no. it's just like got to be constantly. Piggy. And she's got to be pissed that she's yeah. in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why the hell am I here? Well, no, he keeps her quiet by putting an apple in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mm. Yeah, man, we're just. What are we doing here in Vegas? This is, yeah, <laughs> we missed our calling. Yeah, I guess so. Kirsten, what'd you do? Well. Uh, speaking of seven, I wow, am, that's that's great. Dude. There you that, go. That's a way to introduce your bit. Speaking of serial killers, yes, I thematically I killed a dozen people. No, um, <laughs> although that boy, oh boy, that one, that one uh, news item for Las Vegas this week was really cool. Uh, which the, which one? one was that? Woman uh, stole a guy's Rolex. Oh, and hid it in her hooch. Yes. But she was already in town for another theft. Yeah. She was going to court for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm afraid to ask what the hell that has to do with what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think what? you just Serial wanted killers. to get it. Yeah, I just wanted to get that in there. Serial Sort of killers. like her. Oh. Um, moving on. Seven. <laughs> I saw Bullet Train. Oh, Which yeah. nice. so saw that did too. we? Yeah, yeah. That was that was fun. a tremendously fun movie. It wasn't it though. I just absolutely. I when I saw it in the theaters, I absolutely loved I it. I just yes, it was it was, it was really funny because I'm like where I you know I wasn't quite sure what the movie was yeah. and but when it started, I'm like, oh, it's is Brad gonna be funny because he actually he's he's got nice chops. I still. Will always forever uh, respect him for Twelve Monkeys. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. right. <clears throat> and uh, Burn After Reading, just fantastic. It's it's and it's so delightfully bonkers. Yeah, and it, it bonkers is the word because it's just all over the place. Yeah, off. Uh, yeah, it's it, uh, it it really is off the rails. And every performer in that is just outstanding. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Matt. You know, every, and every interaction. Yes, every, every interaction is amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything. I feel like that's one of the movies recently where the trailer did not do the movie no. justice. No, yeah, because it's I, a totally different film than they tried to sell in the right. trailer, and, and I think I, more people. Would yeah, have. and you know what? I have mixed feelings about that. Yeah, because I really enjoyed the experience of discovering. Oh, this that's is what, what this, this is. Is, yeah. is. I agree with that too. So, so on the one hand, it's like, yeah, I think a lot more people might have seen it if they knew what it was. But at the same time, I really did enjoy just totally. Totally discovering it. Yeah. yeah. I normally don't like prequels, but I would love to see the adventures of Lemon and Tangerine. 
<laughs> Those two were amazing. <laughs> Weren't they great? Aaron, uh, Aaron Taylor. Quicksilver, uh, dude. Yes, uh, Quicksilver. Kick-ass. Fucking Quicksilver. Dude, the chameleon. And um, I just was like, I didn't even realize it was him at first. Just amazing. Just amazing. And yeah, you're right. The, that is totally just waiting to happen. Oh, and Lemon with his little the, the train. The Thomas the Tank Engine. Thomas the Tank yes. Engine. I want to see those two go and Love have adventures. Mm-hmm. Put the stickers everywhere. Yeah. See what leads to the Bolivia job. And yeah. Yeah. No, I just... And the way everything got tied together, it just... I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a really, really fun movie. So if you can handle... If you can handle blood splatters, yeah, um, it's goofy blood splatters. Yeah, it's goofy and it's fun. It's really fun. So, Professor Biggs was in town, so of course that means we watched some old movies. And one thing, Steve and I have this incredibly weird tradition now is when he comes and visits during the Christmas holidays, oh. we watch horror movies. That's a fun tradition. Yeah. So we talked about. Dark Shadows, and we talked about producer Dan Curtis. Uh, the last time he was out here, we watched Jack Palance and Dan Curtis's um, Dracula. Well, now we watched Jack Palance and Dan Curtis's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which I was actually astounded at because it's incredibly good. When was that movie filmed? That was filmed in the early 70s. It might actually have been the 70s. It was made for TV. It's actually on old that old school soap opera looking video, in fact. And the direction and the lighting, despite that use of video, is outstanding. It's really effective and works. I didn't know this, but one of the supporting actors, uh, one, of the, one of the women, uh, actually won an Emmy for her performance. <clears throat> In the, uh, in the TV movie. Jack Palance has never been better. I was actually astounded at his performance. It is far more nuanced and layered than you ever would expect from Jack Palance. Yeah, I don't think that when I think he, Jack Palance. He won the Oscar, you know, for City Slickers. But this is, this is totally, because he does, he totally does Jekyll and Hyde differently. And he actually plays a lot of angst with Jekyll that that you just don't you don't it's like wow I'm watching Jack Palance go through this shit that's pretty good so Denim Elliott is in there barely recognizable he's so young um, but it was incredibly good I was actually surprised it was uh, I thought it was much better than the Dracula that he and Curtis did and um, the the it's very good. It's very good. And it's available on, what is it, Tubi Freebie? It's on one of those with ads. But because it's a TV movie, some weird, oh, no. strange machination, they actually put their ads in the right spots. Oh. So everything works. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because sometimes TV movies are just yes. they do not do that right. Well, you know, TV movies are movies. They just they they pick oh, the God. damnedest spots to you know. It's sort of like oh, three minutes right here. So anyway, it all works out, um, and it's really interesting to see great makeup for Hyde on Palance, mm. and like I said, it's really really close to the story too. It's one of the closer renditions. I think the. 
which is it? I think it's a Frederick March one, which is actually the only movie Oscar for uh, for a monster. Uh, for Frederick March is the other one that's as close to the book. So I definitely recommend that. It'll be an interesting study if you're like a film buff, TV buff, watching the use of video in the 70s in that style. Um, but I, I thought it was great. I really thought it was great. And yeah. Palance was amazing. Uh, it's available not just on Tubi. It's on Amazon Prime Video as well as Amazon's Freebie, Free V, excuse me. Free V. Which used to be... Uh, IMDb TV. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it was 1968. I, 68. I thought it was in the 70s as well when you yeah. mentioned it, but yeah, 1968. This says yeah. 73. Oh, shit. Oh, oh boy. Shit. All right. Well, fight! Solves, <laughs> there we go. Says 1968. Right? Break out the badminton racket. Because this is a musical version of the story. Uh, well, watch uh, that one next. No. <laughs> Jack Palance oh. has a great voice. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's great. It's really, really good. So I have to, I can't recommend that. And the song Something Hiding in Me is a hit. There you go. I was wondering when you said it was so great, and I'm like, this only has two and a half stars. (laughs) I don't understand. Well, I have a rarefied palette, you see. (laughs) Then you have to watch Jekyll and Hyde together again. A a showstopper of a movie. There you go. There you go. I, speaking of Jenna Ortega, what I meant when I said I've seen something with her in it where she has vocal range. Uh, is, uh, once again, this was a Steve Biggs-prompted movie, X. The movie about the kids that go to make a porn, and it turns out to be a horror movie. Okay. What? Yeah. Not not Triple X, the... No, the, it's... The, no, no. starring thing. Uh, uh, Project no. X, the one where the kids have a party. Right. That's, yeah. It was released within the last year. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, I, know, uh, I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's actually, it's yeah, actually. Triple X has a banging soundtrack. Hey, that is a yo. Soundtrack. <laughs> Don't they all? Yeah. Hey, pun. <laughs> Maple Leaf Mad, everybody. Um, <laughs> Insert we, sad trombone music right now. We thank you for your contribution. <laughs> I like that. Now, we ride him a little bit, and he gets that, oh, all right, I'll just sit here and be quiet face. <laughs> I'll show you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was have you seen that time no that was a hell of a horror movie it's um it's atmospheric it's very creepy very strange they actually do a nice job of plausibly explaining their tropes like everybody's separating and stuff like that so it actually kind of it actually kind of come out comes out uh, very plausible. You sit there and you're like, wow, I, th- this actually could have been a new story, you know, from days of yore of some weird fucking thing happening. So it was actually very good. And there was a neat little casting stunt in there I won't mention that was actually very, uh, very interesting too. But Jenna Ortega is in that, and she is very emotional in this movie, you know. It kind of starts subtle, but eventually when things get crazy, it gets crazy. So I definitely recommend X for uh, slasher aficionados. Noted. And I saw, and then I watched oh, we go. Troll. Sorry? So, troll. Oh, troll. Troll. Yeah. Troll. The Norwegian kaiju movie. Oh, that <laughs> bloody hell! Where did that accent come from? Um, but yeah, that was that was actually uh, a hell of a good movie. Was it? That was pretty good. Nice. 
Did you see it? No. Oh, okay. Is it, it's older, right? Is it no, you're, not, you're thinking no. about Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter. Oh, okay, because Barry and I yeah. watched. I'm like, that sounds familiar, but yeah, it, it, and I don't, I don't know if there's any connection or anything like that. No. But this one is different, and uh, and uh, it's very good, very good, very interesting too. One of the things I'd love to talk to King Volt about is if trolls are real <laughs> on the internet. Um, there's a lot of Butter. English usage in there. And it's like, is this where Norwegian and English have a lot of words in common? Or And then there is moments where it's like, okay, no, that's clearly adopting English. And it's like, is that just an affectation of the movie? Or is that like something in Norwegian hmm, culture? Because okay. one, there's one where this uh, computer girl in the uh, Norwegian army uh, does some analysis or something like that. And it's funny because the thought of 80s. She actually says, long story short, bingo. And I was like, long story short, way to go. <laughs> Except she used it properly. She oh, actually gotcha. <laughs> made a long story short. That's right. But, all um, the way <laughs> <laughs> but it, <laughs> not some of the way, not part of the way, all the way off. So, but there's a lot of that in there. And there's, there's bits and pieces where it's like, wow. Uh, does Norwegian really borrow a lot of English? Or were they trying that as an in into like U.S. Ex- exactly. Was that an affectation of right. the movie? So I was kind of curious. Because they, they played the language straight. There, there are scenes of interaction with Americans. And they, they, have the, they use English. I'm assuming so. it's subtitled the rest of the way? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it's all, it's all subtitled. Which is, you know, and it's really funny because you're hearing them talk and you're reading and then it's like you almost read what is being said and it's like all right what the hell what's going on here this is very interesting so uh but the concept of the troll and everything pretty cool kind of sad you know but uh, pretty good movie did you learn any phrases in norwegian uh not that i oh uh what long story short <laughs> bingo <laughs> All right, and uh, we'll accept that yeah. this time. Mm-hmm. So, and I hear that Troll Two will have the first use of the character Harry Potter. In the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, I received in the mail a Kickstarter that oh. I did during the days of stimulus. Fun time. Remember when we were patriotically called to help the economy? Right. You did we your got part. that check. I did my part. I ordered a kind of game, kind of utility called Story Engine. And Story Engine is this I think I've heard of this. card thing where you actually can create a story through pulling cards. And uh, it's actually kind of like an improv thing. It can also actually be a writer's prompt utility. And of course, I went all in. So I got their world building extension. I got their steampunk and fantasy and science fiction extensions and stuff like that but it's that's it's very interesting and i'm looking forward to breaking that out so is so. it is a game or ah uh, you know what i didn't buy it for the game and all the reading it was not quite a game utility so i don't know if it can be played as a game or not to be perfectly honest i haven't looked at it close enough yet because hmm. uh, i was actually busy at my job doing things like compiling obits. Oh, good time. Holy crap, guys. That was a depressing three hours. 
Yeah. I was just sitting there, assemb- you know, because I was cutting and pasting from the job's website in preparation of a document for the print publication. Because the, the end-of-year print publication will do a, a, a year-end memoriam. Oof. And just going through one after the other. <laughs> anyway. Um, Andy sent back with mm-hmm. Duncan, because okay. Duncan went out to Connecticut. He sent back a game, card game called One Deck Dungeon. So we'll have to take a look at that at some point. I have no idea what it is or how it plays, but we've, it. it's fun. we've got the... Oh, okay. Well, there you go then. So and it's, stuff, it, it's, it's, it's so easy that Barry <clears throat> can teach it. Ah, <laughs> all right. With, uh, with Deb standing over his shoulder, helping. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> See, I didn't say anything. I left that for you. Fuck all the way off. Not half. Wait, not Santa, what's going in my mouth? Oh! oh uh, this was sent to us by Pat Spurl. Someone go ahead and uh, open that up. Okay. Oh, there's, uh, a, there's a note. There's a note. There's a note here. It's, a, it's not a note. It's a, it's a receipt. <laughs> packing slip. So it's, it's a packing slip from Amazon. So okay. I take it back. Zot's Fizz Power Candy. There's more flavor. Oh. Where the fizz is. I love Zot's. Who here has had Zots? Who's had a Zot? Well, I picked up some of the comics. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I've had a case of the Zots little penicillin takes care of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're uh, little uh, little hard candies with a little uh, surprise inside. What flavor you want? You want? <laughs> they have cherry, blue, raspberry, inside? grape, apple, watermelon, orange, strawberry, and That is a massive bag of Zots. Oh, so, so here's the kind of the weird is. thing is that this is a... They're hard candies... It's so an Italian. It's, so it's Italian. It's it's kind of a weird thing to eat on a podcast. Zots over here. <laughs> Bring a Zots over here. Because what an orange one. I, I will say as a a Zot connoisseur. Oh. <laughs> uh, that anyway? even though they are a hard candy, they're not hard to bite through. In fact, biting through them will happen fairly fast. They look like size wise, they're like throat yeah. lozenges. Pretty much. They look yeah. like throat lozenges. They taste Wow. Pop it in. Like Did light fruit candy. Very tasty in that regard. It's just a little sour. But well, I like the grape it. tastes like um, grape. The snodberry tastes like snodberry. Fun dip, like grape fun dip. Mm. Now, mm. yeah, the if, orange. If too. you do dare, bite into it. I can't. It's too hard. Yeah. Matt did. Well, he started early. <laughs> he did. He got a little head start on it. What's inside? <laughs> it's fizzy. It's fizzy, like almost like soda. All right, yeah, part. it's like cherry soda in the middle of that. Hey. Oh, yeah. Is it like uh, Pop Rocks? Um, I'd say a cousin to it. Oh. I can feel it. If we oh, have too many, are we yeah. going to die? Yes. Yes, you are. That's why there's 100 in this bag. Mm. This is the end of Geek Shock with this bag right here. What's so tasty? There's, right? It's so rare we get a what's going in my mouth that is a joy for the mouth. I don't think I would have uh, wanted to bite it. I would have right. rather just left it go. Right. And, and you normally would. Uh, we, however, are a podcast on a timetable. <laughs> <laughs> and no one wants to hear this for, for like an hour. No. Especially from that mouth. <laughs> mouth is a delight. Fuck you. Uh, this, a this, delight? This is an absolute joy. And uh, again, as, as a massive Zot lover, uh, Pat, thank you. Thank you, Pat. This. And fuck you, Torgo, because when I first came back, I brought back from Texas with me some with the, the chili lime uh, yeah. cookies. Yeah, and you okay. gave me shit. Because they're supposed to be horrible. They're yeah. not supposed to be good. Yeah, but you brought it. This was sent to us. Oh, my God. 
There's a so, difference between what you bring and what a uh, listener says. Barry, what you have to do is arrange to have it sent to us. There you go. Sort of like the uh, the headphone ear cups. Yeah. Oh, right out. <laughs> I thought then, it was the mask thing. You know, the mask. The, yeah. the mask. Yeah, the robes and all that. Oh, yeah. The, the pointed hat. Yep. So it's not so much a <laughs> traditional what's going on in my mouth is, wow, Pat, thanks for the candy. <laughs> <laughs> now it's stuck in my teeth. <laughs> yeah, we really tasting that all night. Mm-hmm. And we got a little email. Mail, mail, we've got mail. That's all you get for free. Uh, it says, uh, good day and Merry Christmas, fuckers. Hey. Part of the conversation in episode 666 finally gave me the inspiration to come up with the plot for a Geek Shock movie that I am calling oh, a very berry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it already. Tell me more. Here, here, Here's the rundown. There is no Santa, because every year the spirit of Christmas chooses a worthy recipient to receive the powers of Santa and spread Christmas cheer across the world. This year, due to an unfortunate clerical error, the spirit of Christmas chooses Dr. Vlarg. Yes! And he refuses to use his powers to do anything other than drink fine whiskeys, break toy spaceships, and complain about fun. In, mm-hmm. I don't like fun. In desperation, the spirit begs the rest of Geek Shock crew to show Vlog the error of his ways and grants them each a single Santa power. Torgo is given the power of song. Mm. I so mm. accept that. Oh my God. Way to suck up. Yeah, I know, right? I can't wait to get to my power. Let's see. <laughs> the power <laughs> of nothing. nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on. I want to hear the rest. Kirsten, the power of affluence. Wow. <laughs> that, I mean, you know, that affluence. is. Yeah, basically giving me something I definitely don't have right now. <laughs> Deb, the power of niceness. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Matt, the power of tranquility. Okay, that that was good. I got to give you that one. That was good. That was good. Spot on. And Jeff, the power of action. Okay. In what context? That's a good question. Can the Geek Shock crew teach Vlarg about the true meaning of Christmas and save the holiday? A very berry Christmas streaming soon on Geek Flicks. Love and hugs, Aussie Matt. I wow. want to see this film. If, I'm behind if, it. If just to poo-poo it. If no other thing, I get to sing in it. <laughs> Plus, I think he just named our production company. I think so, too. Geek Flicks. Geek Flicks. Yeah, Flicks. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I should buy the domain name. Get rid of mm. dumb, get rid of dumb right productions. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> clearly that's not. Still the gun right, but although Geekflix is that's our streaming service. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Geek, yeah, different, Geekflix different. is going to have a hostile takeover of done right productions. Okay. Uh, let's uh, tap. Why don't you take it from here? And do news you don't give a shit about. Yeah. No. Warner Brothers Discovery. Boo! Already <laughs> is set to take an additional eight hundred million to one billion dollars in write-offs. The write-offs come after HBO Max pulled Westworld. Black Adam. Jesus, <laughs> 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 you're gonna be okay. <laughs> streaming platform, streaming service. Oh, shit, that's streaming. right. Whose yeah. segment is that's this? Right. Yeah. After HBO pulled Westworld from its streaming service, with other high-profile projects canceled or axed. 
Warner Brothers Discovery now says its total restructuring and impairment charges related to the Warner Media Discovery merger will be between $4.1 billion and $5.3 billion. That's a big difference. Yikes. Yes. In recent weeks, the company has canceled or pulled from its services several titles, including Love Life, Minx, which had already been renewed for a second season, Westworld, The Nevers, which was set to premiere the second half of its first season next year, and others while in development projects like Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman 3. Um, <clears throat> the company said that a number of HBO and HBO Max programs will be packaged in a new bundle to be sold to third-party free ad-supported streaming services. Those shows include Westworld and The Nevers, as well as F-Boy Island, Legendary, The Time Traveler's Wife, and Raised by Wolves. Meanwhile, a number of other shows will come off the HBO Max platform, and the company is speaking with the studio partners about opportunities to further expand the reach of the shows, including but not limited to licensing the series to third-party fast platforms, which are free ad-supported streaming TV services. Freebie and all that stuff. Yes. So basically, HBO Max is dead. They're killing it. They're killing oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're well, killing it. They planned for a while to merge it with Discovery Plus. But that's so. not what he's talking about here. He's not talking about a merger no, into a larger, grander platform. No, yeah, they're, they're gutting it and before this. Yeah. It's... Uh, Nothing says, so, I want to join your streaming service like you ripping things out of it. Right. Or canceling shows that already had things filmed or produced or <clears throat> things that were already slated and had lots of hype around them and then said, no, never mind, we're, done. we're not doing it. The, the, the thing that really kind of bites me as a as somebody who just consumes entertainment is that you are going to take a show away because you don't want to continue paying the actors for it. Yeah. That's the thing that that, that really sticks in my craw. One is a as an actor and two as just someone who watches it it's like why would I get invested in something that you could just it, it's one thing to say we only made two seasons but the two seasons we made them so we might as well have that as some kind of draw that you can watch them at any given time it's another thing like you know what we're not only going to cancel that show we're just going to take it away and pretend it never existed for yeah. a while is that alright is that alright is it okay because we just don't want to pay the actors anymore is that okay no that's not okay Yikes. It sucks. And as a, as not who I am, but a content creator, why would I want to sell something to your company? Right. When, one, a lot of people make, especially the mid-list actors, the people that, you know, the, the meat and bread of acting, not the stars, but the people that are the supporting stuff. This is how they make a living. They yeah. do a lot of little roles everywhere, and then they get residuals to help them get through the lean times. Yep. And to basically take that away, it's kind of like it's like killing the mid-list authors in 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 book selling and novels. It's you're just destroying people to make that are making a living and have made a living this way, just because you can. Not not because you're saving all that much, because you're not saving all that much. No, in in the in the grand scheme, yeah, it's what up to four billion, right? In write offs, yeah, uh, it's in the in the grand scheme of things, that's chump change for Warner Brothers Discovery in the long term. But they're not thinking long term; they're thinking short term because they're trying to please all of these uh, shareholders. Where anybody that would buy stock in a media company would know that you don't 
buy stock for short-term gains. No. You look right. for long-term gains. And yeah, and and also like what you said, Todd, with cutting out all these people that that make a living off of residuals. That's that's just that's completely irresponsible it, as a company. Small it, small silver lining. Uh, it'll give Patty Jenkins more time to devote to putting out a great product for Rogue Squadron, which I'm very excited I'll, about. I'll which has also been paused. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? Uh, yeah. Oh well, yeah. goddammit. <laughs> well, but what's interesting is like since. Uh, since they made the announcement that Wonder Woman 3 was canceled, both uh, Patty Jenkins and James Gunn have now come out and said that, uh, no, it's not dead. It's just, it, it was current fashion. It's not going forward, but they're still in talks. Right. There, there's so, still going to be a Superman movie, but the Superman movie that they were kind of developing is not happening. <laughs> That's a fun one to have with Steve. Because <laughs> when they announced that the Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman uh, thing fell through wonder woman 3 apparently all the uh, usual suspects exploded well obviously cavill is out as superman and and boy oh boy watching steve have a fit about that was fun. i was at a party just a quick segue i was at a uh, party that reunited a number of have a drink star trek the experience actors and two of the people there were steve biggs and Sometimes visitor, Big Black, Carl uh-huh. Reed. And watching those two talk be- and bemoan Superman, <laughs> I had fun pushing those buttons. That was a great night. I don't know which of them was a bigger Superman fan. I'm guessing, yeah. I guess Biggs, but I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, Biggs is taller, but uh, Reed is whiter. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> he, Carl Reed is the whitest man I know. <laughs> I said wider, but uh, yeah, he actually is. He'll yeah. admit it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Deb. I just had to throw that out there. But. No, you're fine. The thing I just don't get about this whole thing is I feel like discover the merger of the companies. HBO is a media entertainment. In, like That's what they do. It's yeah. a, and I just feel like they're cutting all these things that make HBO what HBO is. It's weird. I just don't understand. That's it. one. They have to stop these fucking mergers. Yes. Because every single merger is preceded by talks with Congress where they talk about what they're planning on doing, what they're going to do. Congress always asks, are you going to do X, Y, or Z, which entails cutting, chopping this up, throwing this away, liquefying this, firing a bunch of people. They always fucking say, no, 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 no. And then they always fucking do it. Yeah. Because they and, have lawyers who can get around the... Yeah, the well, it's yeah. it's also, it's not binding. There's yeah. nothing binding. Because once the merger's approved, yeah, nobody has the balls. We have antitrust laws, but they have to be activated through action. They don't just take place. So, and nobody's enforcing our antitrust laws. And no, it, this is the sort of thing that happens. Yeah, I, I, I was concerned from the beginning because you have structurally two very different companies uh discovery being a media entertainment company based on documentaries and a lot of real basically reality based television versus a scripted entertainment company that everything you do is going to be a risk whereas with a lot of this what discovery does there's built-in profit in that. So there's not a lot of risk being taken on sure. those I'm not going to of... say it was aliens, but it was aliens. <laughs> but it was aliens. <laughs> yeah. So it's... 
you're you're approaching it from two different perspectives, and when you put Zaslav in charge, <laughs> where he's a very strict budget oriented CEO, you have to have some kind of risk when like, you're doing entertainment. True, scripted entertainment. But right now, everybody's getting scared. Yeah, I mean, Netflix is uh, stopping a whole bunch of oh, yeah. successful shit right now. Yeah, um, I I don't know that they're pulling and you know ca- casting into the void but they're stopping a lot of popular series and stuff that are going on everybody's getting a little scared which we all knew would happen when we talked about the explosion of streaming the balkanization of streaming it this is part of what that is i don't know how long it's going to be i personally think we're going to eventually con coagulate shall we say that's a good in, word for it into into fewer streaming services eventually but when it'll happen when we'll get to that point where matt's only paying sure. 30 or 40 bucks a month for streaming <laughs> see no, no, I'm, not, I'm not gonna go into it <laughs> tranquility <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your contrariety, Matt. <laughs> Serenity now. I love it. Now. There you go. Matt's got his bailout now. Whenever he just doesn't, it's tranquility. tranquility. It only works for the holiday season. <laughs> but see, Jeff, they should have had a flipper flop Fortress of Solitude. That would have been picked up like that by Discovery. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, like superhero, superhero lairs. Yeah, yep. yeah. Oh, my God. Superman, Superman's a retired teacher. Uh, whatever's, uh, you know, stay-at-home mom. The budget, $4 million. <laughs> Actually, that's that, 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 that's a future Geek Flicks project, yeah, I think, right there. Pimp my helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> the Batcave. They can do one for the Batcave. Oh, my God. They yeah. can do one for, I guess. And Lex Luthor could be, like, the host because he's into real estate, right? Yeah. <laughs> The Legion of Doom, that, that, that weird thing that rises out of the swamp. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. What was Wonder Woman's secret lair? Does she have a secret lair, or is it just the mosquito? No, they'll we'll Themyscira, pimp yeah. my ride, the invisible plane. <laughs> yes, the invisible plane. Oh, oh they yeah. save a lot of money doing that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Neither does you don't give a shit about. <laughs> Epic has announced it is shutting down the servers and online services for many of its older titles. The reason is the company wants to move to solely support Epic online services with its unified friend system, voice chat features, parental controls, and parental verification features. Epic states that by January 24th, the following titles will no longer be playable online. 1,000 Tiny Claws. What? Dance Central 1 through 3. Oh, what? Oh, Kirsten, you're going to hate that. Rock I'm Band so Green Day. What? Oh, who cares? <laughs> Monsters stole my prin- my princess probably stole my princess that's what it's called <laughs> Rock Band 1 through 3 Rock Band Beatles Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars Unreal Gold Unreal 2 The Awakening Unreal Tournament 2003 and 2004 Unreal Tournament 3 and Unreal Tournament Game of the Year Edition. Well, Say it ain't like, so. <laughs> What's going to happen? The only one on this list, I was like, Rock Band Beatles. But we actually sold our peripherals for that game already. And so. we never really played it online. We only played it locally, which is the only real fun way to play it. And these are 20-year-old games. Yes. Come on. What's going to happen to the Unreal Engine? How will Hollywood make movies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. You're shutting down 20-year-old games? How will Steve Biggs live? <laughs> <laughs> Never fear. If you own it, you can still play it. You can ah, still there you play go. it online. Oh, uh, yes. 
So you have to own the physical media. Actually, like he doesn't. People nowadays own, don't like to do. He doesn't own any physical media. So Paul's like, like, see, see, because <laughs> Unreal Two was so much fun by yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. No, that was fun. With, like a land party. I like the way they listed that too, Deb. They they didn't say all the rock. What is it? Rock band. Rock yeah, there's star? a couple rock, of rock band. Rock? Yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds like all the rock band. So it's a, why don't you just say all the rock band? Right, right. I, mean, I like how they led with. Uh, Green Day. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Green Day? Green yeah. Day? Okay, okay. okay, the other ones too. Other ones too. That. Well, Green Day. You were cool with Green Day. The rest of them are We're fun. not canceling Geek Shock. We're canceling Torgo. <laughs> I'm Derek. I am down with canceling Torgo. Matt. Rock band Torgo is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sing like this. <laughs> it's hey, fine it's- on the voice, but the cats love it. <laughs> what is that actor's name? Who? The actor that he sounds uh, Vin like Vin Diesel. Oh shush! <laughs> you know what I mean? Candy Crush, um, Wreck It Ralph, played the king. That like, God damn it! I'm gonna have to look it up now. You guys are pissing me off. Anyway, you're not helping on purpose. Hey, 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 Wreck It Ralph. Had it. You're not helping on purpose. Good story. Yeah, whatever. Hey, what's your superpower? That's right. Be nice. Be nice. That's your superpower. <laughs> being nice. Fuck off. My oh, that's not nice. Oh my god. What's wrong with me? I can... Christmas in my heart. Uh... It's so unfair because your you guys' powers, you can all sort of like, you know, just take a moment and do them. But Jeff's power is action. He's not doing it at all. <laughs> he can do action once in a while. He'll get up and let us out of the house. But me? How do, how do I do affluence for like a quick two-minute gag on the... You get on your phone, you Fuck. order us a pizza. <laughs> I have to be affluent to do that! It was Alan Tudyk. Do you see Tudyk. the problem? Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk is what did that character in Wreck-It Ralph, but okay. it is based off of another an yes. old, an classic, older actor. Highly, yes. classic Hollywood. Ed Wynn. Yes. How, oh, I have a question. How does how, how does affluence help with the spirit of Christmas? Are you sure maybe he didn't mean flatulence? <laughs> we can, he can do that. I on can the do, show, do that all yeah, day. Yeah. But how does I'll do that right now? I'd rather you didn't. How does affluence help teach me the spirit uh, I think of Christmas? It's more along the lines of generosity. Yeah, I think so. Because it's affluence. You have the means to give. Yeah, and he's trying which, to teach which, you that, which you don't have. Well, he does have. He's a kept man. He's got tons of cash. Well, he, yeah, but he doesn't give it. That's the thing he's trying to learn. Well, you exactly. Gotta, yeah, yeah. You got to teach him how to give yeah. to the world. Through kindness. Yeah. The powers of Santa. Is it kindness or niceness? Nice. 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 It's nice. Yes. Are you telling him to feed the world? Yes. I am. A okay. tuppence a bag. Uh, I can't think. Uh, I don't know I the first I did the same line. thing in my head. I did was you? like, yes, I did. <laughs> like, wait, no, that's Mary Poppins. Wrong thing. Does Vlarg know it's Raise Christmas them up time. and show them the way, Vlarg. <laughs> I'll just show you the way. Teach them just, all the beauty that's inside. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank God it's them instead of you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that I don't have superpowers. <laughs> my superpower is just to be subjected to all your bullshit. There you go. News you don't give a shit about. (laughs) When Avatar first hit theaters in 2009, don't give a shit. Audiences audiences had never seen anything quite like it before. James Cameron's science fiction spectacle became a phenomenon, transporting repeat viewers to the colorful alien world of Pandora, a digitally realized environment. 
et cetera, et cetera. It was very beautiful. But in the weeks following <laughs> it was, the it release. It was pretty, okay? It was, it was pretty. You're all pretty. Great. But in the weeks following the release, CNN, and this is like back original, CNN reported that some viewers were experiencing depression and suicidal oh, thoughts. that's right. Yes, yes. I forgot about that. But they weren't Navi. Right, so the phenomenon referred to as post-avatar depression (laughs) cast a shadow beyond the film's original release. Shortly after the original film's release, a group was started online, and in 2020, it was officially launched as Calutral. Calutral has aimed to provide a conversational space for all Avatar fans, but it began as a group of people interested in learning and conversing in the Navi language. It sounds like cholesterol medication. Calutral is the Navi word for home tree. Some members have described being blown away by the visual spectacle of the film and the compositions and emotional beats of the story. This film brought many tears, many to tears, and not the happy-go-lucky kind. For some, the troubles and problems that Pandora faced were easier to deal with than their own real-world problems. Well, yes, it's a movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Escapism. For some, it triggered a more obsessive, compulsive behavior. They had to learn everything they could about the Navi, especially their language, and nothing else in life really mattered at the time. We've seen this before. Star Trek, maybe? (laughs) Lord of the Rings. Star Wars. Got it. Yeah. Now this Avatar community is entering... My Little Pony. <laughs> My Little Navi. I'll watch it. I, uh, I, qu- quick, quick insert. Um, uh, Vernon sent me, a, everyone have a drink. My buddy Vernon sent me a YouTube link to the true story of a guy who was so obsessed with My Little Pony. He went crazy and killed his mom and shot up a store because he couldn't get some ponies. Excuse oh, my me? God. That's not obsessed with ponies. That's a whole different issue. Yeah, that's issue. a whole different problem. Well, well no, I think it's ponies. <laughs> I'm blaming the ponies. All in favor? Anyway. Ponies. 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 There Social we go. carries. Is this the same guy that filled that jar with jizz? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was... Could be. Andy. Um, anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Deb. You were saying... Now this Avatar community is entering uncharted waters, the release of another series entry in an epic length even more technically dazzling than the first. Putting aside a Disney World attraction, a few derided video games, and a handful of recent graphic novels, Avatar fans have largely been driven by self-sustaining enthusiasm, fixating on a single film for over a decade. Some in the community are worried that the new film might trigger repeat issues that the first film triggered. They feel that since the film is exploring new areas that they haven't that they haven't yet seen, that it's not just a return to Pandora. Some are very excited about the Actually linguistic. Uh, yes. Uh huh. I just want to say I'm loving this story. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Some are very excited about the linguistic Im- implications for the new film, the possibility of a new Navi dialect through the introduction of the Metkayini Yina clan. Thank you. Wow. Nailed it. Uh Wow. For the group, the circumstances aren't lost on them. Most most live trajectories, life, if I could talk today, most life trajectories aren't shaped by a single sci-fi blockbuster. But after finding a support system through Calutrol, the way of water, (laughs) isn't just a long awaited return to an alien world they love. It's a hard fought moment of triumph. Well, the the solution is so easy too. Just... uh, don't have them solve any problems in the movies. That, that's why people get upset, right? Because it's so oh, much easier there. Maybe. Well, show them the futility of life by oh, having yeah. them, the heroes, fail at every step. Or you just win. Find yeah. the largest location of, of, of 
people in the U.S. where where, where they exist and just poison in the fucking water. <laughs> <laughs> I know I get what you're saying, Kay, and Navi, Sterilize by the way, of Nietzsche. I get it. Yeah. yeah. My big thing with this article when I was reading it is that if it was the first movie was so triggering, why do you want to go see the second one? Why would you do that? Why would you just sink back into that? Uh... Per- on purpose. Because I you know. You know, Deb, as someone who spent so many years with Barry, <laughs> I think the answer is obvious. <laughs> why are you even asking? Yeah. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> Well, it isn't Oslo syndrome. No, Norway joke. <laughs> Everyone, put your foot in the butter. Put your foot in the butter. Don't have a drink. Put, put your, your foot, foot in the, the butter. butter. Oh, that's it. <laughs> we can geek. Finally. Mike Flanagan and his producing partner Trevor Macy have revealed they have landed the rights to Flanagan's dream project, Stephen King's The Dark Tower. Flanagan and Macy announced they've already begun laying out their plans for an ambitious seven-part adaptation of King's magnum opus, a sprawling horror fantasy saga set largely in an alternative world. According to Flanagan, the broader plan for his Dark Tower saga at this point is five seasons of television, along with two standalone features to close out the story. And because the filmmaker has been dreaming of this adaptation for much of his life, he's already got a solid handle on how he wants to structure the story. So solid, he's already sold Stephen King on the vision. The writer-director previously adapted Gerald's Game and Doctor Sleep into feature films, and was all set to adapt King's novel Revival before the studio backed away from the project. Producer Ron Howard spent years developing his version of the story, which finally bore fruit in the form of a poorly received Dark Tower film back in 2017. Uh, writer Glenn Mazzara tried his hand at a TV series version for Amazon shortly after the film arrived, but the project never really got past the pilot stage. So once again, here we are. Another attempt at the Dark Tower. However, hmm. Flanagan, I accept this proposal. I, I think if someone can do it, it's him. Is any studio linked to this at all, or it's just talking about um, writing? Honestly, I have no idea as far as that goes. Because you know, uh, if it's HBO, it's not happening. So, but they have the right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, Flanagan has. Uh, if you're not familiar with Flanagan, he also did all the uh, uh, Haunting of series for Netflix. Uh, Haunting That's of Bly Manning, Planner, like, Haunting of Hill he had House, a Flanagan verse or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Midnight Club. But that's all gone because Flanagan has. Uh, now signed a contract with Amazon. So Flanagan is now exclusively making things for Amazon. Whether this is part of that, I have no idea. Uh, but uh, all the great things he did for Netflix, and they were great things. Uh, that's the end of that. By the way, Flanagan's dream project is uh, Andy's Dropkick Murphys cover band. I accept that. I accept your, your proposal. I channeled him for like a split second. It like was very painful. <laughs> Usually is. Was it hard, to, you took, hard to pull back from that? I was just Could like, you say you just took uh, some action? You took some I, action. I, right? I, I, he took right. action. Yeah, I, right. roll, I rolled a d20. <laughs> Jeff, save Christmas. <laughs> oh, I rolled a zero. Oh, they were, wow, how do you do that? <laughs> that's not even possible. <laughs> how did you? That's Jeff. That's <laughs> not rolling. <laughs> and he's Jeff. Ruins every RPG, Jeff. <laughs> Big Shock's own Charlie Brown. <laughs> And schlep rock. <laughs> I don't feel any closer to knowing the spirit of real, true meaning of Christmas, Jeff. Or he's a Kenny, you know, for and South Park. Kenny, uh, Well, that's what happens when you put 
Andy inside of Jeff. Aside oh, from shit. straining <laughs> all the seams no, you tell of me. Jeff, uh, you just you're gonna get all sorts of uh, schlep rock. And who's the who's the other? One? Oh, Eeyore. And uh, you know, well, forget, actually, forget Freaky Friday. That's yeah. shitty Saturday. You get major meh. That's what happens. Hey. <laughs> 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 Uh, Sean Levy, the uh, Stranger Things executive producer, director of Marvel Studios, upcoming third entry in Deadpool Saga, is currently in talks to helm a brand new Star Wars movie for Lucasfilm. The filmmaker's last two features with Ryan Reynolds, Free Guy, and The Atom Project were massive successes for 20th Century Studios and Netflix, respectively, and opened the door for Levy to land the director gig for Deadpool 3. Over the last several years, Taika Waititi, that one's still... TBA, to be determined as far as details, Patty Jenkins for Rogue Squadron, which is recently removed from Disney's theatrical agenda. Uh, Charmaine Obayad Chinoy, working off a mystery script from Watchmen's Damon Lindelof, and MCU architect Kevin Feige. 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 Collector, uh, collaborating with the Multiverse of Madness and Secret Wars writer Michael Waldron were named as creatives who would help usher in the new era of long-running Star Wars movies. Hmm. So these are all current attachments to upcoming Star Wars films. And no mention of the upcoming Ryan Johnson trilogy. I'm just... yeah, although apparently that's still a thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm. I read a recent interview with him and he's like, yeah, that's still happening. It's just still in They've just yanked like, all the release dates, but yeah. it's all everything is just still pending. I, I wonder if it's just the success of the Disney Plus series, Star Wars waiting. series that they've just realized they're doing so well with that they can take their time with making a movie because there's no gap to fill anymore. Because I know that originally it was kind of billed as, okay, the Disney Plus series are going to fill the gap between the movies so people will stay interested in Star Wars. But we're getting a new Star Wars series basically every year. Uh, Usually you know, a couple a year. This and then with, yeah, yeah. I was going to say with the, you know, yeah, you're right, a couple every year with, with the continuing seasons of, shows so i mean 2023 we're getting yeah uh bad batch season two yep. we're getting the ahsoka series and we're getting mandalorian, mandalorian. three and when's acolyte come yeah, that's they're still filming that aren't they yeah I, it's either late next year or early 24 yeah. i think <clears throat> when's wow. eclipse yeah. coming out that's a star wars game uh that's been one that's kind of like we announced it and now you won't hear about it for years yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. That's been overshadowed by a few other things. But no, I I I agree with you. I kind of hope they're taking <laughs> no, this time to like. Thank you for your contribution. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I hope they're taking the time. <laughs> it's because he cut it. He cut into what I was saying. Just, hey, okay. be nice, rude. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, I didn't if they say take, anything. If they take their time, it's not like they're rushing those movies right. into the theaters. And they can pick a storyline that is thought out and right. not just. Rush so that they can get some movies to this. Because yeah, because Sky, oh, Rise of Skywalker. What are you implying, Deb? Rise of Skywalker uh-huh. felt very <laughs> crap. Very much like it needed some more time in yes. the developmental stage before they started shooting. So. Yeah, when they did the TV series, they can re- re- react to the fans' opinions and make it good. You Somehow, the movie. Palpatine survived. Yeah, <laughs> that's where it lost. Important, me. important note. Wasn't it more like they brought him back from the dead or something? No, literally, no, no, no. that yeah, was the line. That was I, somehow Palpatine Isaac survived. Somehow yeah. Palpatine survived. So let's get on with the movie. <laughs> it was just, just like the whole the, the the planet killer weapon was like they figured out uh, uh, his buddy JJ's buddy just like threw out. They figured out some kind of hyper light uh, hyperspace uh, um, 
Gun shooty. Yeah, laser weapon. And he just threw out that one line that doesn't help, but it does (laughs) explain, you know, why you can shoot clear across the galaxy. Such bullshit. Woof. There was too much rule of cool. Yeah. Let's let this is cool. But why didn't it they doesn't just make do any it, sense? Why didn't they just do it like they did with the with the eclipse, which was a like a bigger than a video super game. star? The video game's coming out later. No, 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 no. <laughs> in the, the, it was overshadowed. In the comics, there was a there was a in, in b- before they redid it all. Uh, Reset the universe. Yeah. Yeah. There was a big big ship, you know, like bigger than the super star destroyer, like in the eclipse class or something, where in, in, they shot like a big missile through hyperspace. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That well, it, you know, they could have done a. What would have been cool is like they they look at uh, Admiral Laura Dern doing her stunt, and they're like, "That's a pretty good idea," and then boom, your next movie. But no, we just had to somehow they did a hype. I know, uh, and I don't want to sound like the. And you want to sound like myself, <laughs> but. Because <laughs> so, I still enjoy things overall, but you know, they there was too much rule of cool, too much. Let's just yeah. do this because it's fun. It doesn't make any sense. Who cares? Okay. Yeah, that's not man baby at all. That's just basic movie physics. Going, wait a minute, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense. Well, and my guess is they're probably also trying to figure out timeline wise for the movies, the next set of movies, where to set them. Yeah. Because a lot of the TV shows they've been doing right now are in between where the movies were. Right. And is that where they want to stay, or do they want to do something completely oh, different oh, that's like way yes, after? Yes. They should do something something that I don't ever get to see them going forward. Yes, everyone's going backward. You've prequels. created this enough. incredibly rich universe. Yeah, and why do are you staying that's unique. Right there? Yeah, something and, new. And, and literally over just the last decade, it's even a richer universe than it ever was before. Yeah, there's so much content content to draw from now. Why? Do they need to, yeah, like you said, go back to the, you know, the between films or go forward and go forward outside of fucking Tatooine. Yeah. Leave Tatooine. Leave it alone. We've seen it. We're yeah, good. Really. Well, you got to have that part where Grogu goes to Tatooine and hooks up with Ray, and then they produce the next chosen one. <laughs> and stop with the Skywalker saga. It's done. It's over. Little Ray grew. Thank Ray you. grew Skywalker. Thank you for your contribution. No, that was one of my favorite things about Clone Wars, the cartoon series, because you they went to so many different planets that you've never heard of or seen yeah. before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you really got a, a better understanding of the galaxy as a whole. You know what I mean? It's it, not just five or six planets that they always continuously go to. Right. Star Wars was a total game changer for movies. It changed movie making. It literally changed everything. But at the same time, there's a hell of a lot of its storytelling that just is so much better in TV. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just it's it, it it's almost like it's too big for a movie. It's too big, and television has risen too big to for the two hours to be yeah. able to do it to to the challenge yeah. of doing bigger, yeah. doing epic, yeah. and it, you know because it used to be now you can only do that as a movie, but now now you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Which is also funny because actually Star Wars is kind of shining with the smaller stories. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't, I, you know. Unless they start making movies with intermissions. Big ass Ben-Hur type movies. Oh, Long, yeah. epic movies. Let's I could deal with it. go to the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> Kill some younglings. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that, no. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, after talking during the movie. That's right. <laughs> yeah, the finger point just fucking it's a, it's a choke, uh, force this, choke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Barry wishes he could force choke. When yeah. He's in the theater. And we're all happy he can't. Yeah, by God. I would actually rather Barry had the lightning shit than force choke. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody I'd be choking so many people when I drive around. Have you Cut seen- me off, you're done. Speaking of the force lightning, have you seen where they've taken some of these YouTube videos of these these mega churches where they're doing the oh god and they put the force you lightning in where they're they, yeah where they're they're no. basically knocking over the entire audience oh no. my god you have to look it up it's yes. hilarious that's beautiful <laughs> he's like feel the power <laughs> <laughs> like hits the choir the choir all falls down and he goes towards the audience. oh my god it's hilarious wow. you have to look this up it's amazing <laughs> just love the force lightning shit <laughs> Now I have this picture of Palpatine holding his ass. Sithbis. Makes me miss God's stuff. <laughs> the dark side says you should send me 10% every month. Take out a second mortgage on your home and write me a check now. <laughs> and then somebody will edit it every time he moves. There's a little... <laughs> That'd be funny if somebody pissing off Palpatine by inserting fart noises every time he does the lightning. Now there's a Jedi power, yeah. <laughs> Get a hold of that power asshole. Forced flatulence. <laughs> oh my God. When he's in his office, not on stage, he's the total Seth MacFarlane uh, Palpatine. Go for Palpsy. <laughs> the hell was that? Good God in heaven. Now, we uh, did lose somebody that uh, a, lot, a lot of you probably aren't aware of, but was very, very important to geekdom. Uh, former D&D designer and Dragon Magazine editor Kim Mohan has died. Uh, Kim Mohan began working for TSR, D&D's original publisher, in 1979. As well as editing Dragon Magazine, he also contributed to multiple D&D books, including the first Unearthed Arcana, The Wilderness Survival Guide, and Spelljammer Adventures in Space. Mohan would later become Wizards of the Coast lead editor and then managing editor during the design of D&D 3rd Edition. He continued editing books and adventures for every edition of the game after, with his last contribution being to Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage in 2018. So, Kim Mohan, we honor you there. Netflix announced that it will join forces with Microsoft-owned video developer The Coalition to produce a live-action film and adult-oriented animation television series based on Gears of War. Uh, To date, the property spans eight titles and over 40 million copies sold worldwide. Netflix hopes to launch the entire multimedia empire on the basis of the brand. The third-person shooter follows a group of futuristic soldiers led by Marcus Phoenix, who wage a bloody war against a subterranean race of horrific beings known as the Locust Horde. Hollywood has had its eye on Gears of War since 2007, when New Line Cinema scooped up the rights. The project fell into the dreaded pit of development hell, fluttering between studios and suffering creative setbacks. So, been a while since I've played a uh, Gears of War game. How how do you feel about a Gears of War animated series and live action film? Only if Dave Bautista plays Marcus Phoenix. He's the only one big enough. That guy is huge. I know he wants to. He's that's uh, he wants to. He made a little video of himself as Marcus Phoenix to try to uh, lobby himself as the part. So 
Uh, it makes sense. That would make a lot of sense. He's the only one who could. Uh, it's Gears of War is never the most narrative, uh, no, narratively strong game series. It, it was known in my brain as the one to properly introduce cover to first-person shooters and do that properly. But that's really all I can remember saying. Like, oh, that's kind of new. Yeah, that works. It looks pretty. It was never uh, as enjoyable as like Borderlands. Or like the, um, the Space One N7. Why am I blanking on the video game right now? Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Well, it was a different game. It's a first-person shooter. I know, but still. But, I mean, Borderlands is kind of like that, except it has a bigger story element to it. I mean, yeah. it certainly had its audience. I mean, there are people that are obsessively uh, playing those games to this day. Right. They, but, they, they made three, I know, yeah. of, but did they make more than three? Not that I'm aware of. Are you sure? Yeah. I think they have more. They might. They probably do. I mean, three is the last one I, I remember. I do remember yeah. that playing Gears of War, I didn't go very fast. It wasn't like Call of Duty or anything where you're no. jumping around the map like a like a. It rabbit. was about the cover. If you if you were run and gun through it, you were going to die. Dead. Yeah, yeah. You're dead. Cover, and you don't move super fast. You just you kind of move a little slower. Yeah, and you big. shoot from cover too, as opposed to just yeah. running and shooting. Now I don't know how the multiplayer experience was because I'd rather brush my teeth with a brick than do first person shooter multi multiplayer Ugh. with anyone. Yeah, even friends. Like I just can't. No, it's stupid. But uh, it's it has a fun game. The narrative was it was just whatever. Right. But I liked it. I played through it. Sure. I just don't know if I'm interested enough to watch a movie of it. Yeah, no, not story-wise, no. Technically, there's seven games. <laughs> oh, wow. Shit. That's how well we know that series. So, so what was after be, three? Yeah, technically, so have, might be doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yes, yeah, so you have Gears of War, Gears of War 2 and 3, Gears of War Judgment, Gears of War 4, Gears 5, Gears Tactics. Okay. Gears Tactics came out in 2020. Huh. Gears 5 came out in 2019. Oh, yeah, I tried Gears Tactics. <laughs> wow. It I takes place during the Locust War, which is before the original trilogy games. I don't so, know what the... Storyline-wise. I don't my know guess of is, any of those past three. Yeah. Three was in 2011. So yeah. they've done... Wow. ...a decent few since then, for sure. Trying to keep it alive, probably. At least the world. So that they can do other things with the title. But hey, again, Batista, if he can get involved with it, I'm a little more interested. Yeah. I'm more interested in the Fallout. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. 100%. I, if you've got to, please, I'll, I'll throw out all of Gears of War to have a Fallout movie. So, Well, they're making a TV show. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Well, for Amazon, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, Amazon. I've never thought I'd pin all my TV hopes on you. <sighs> With the upcoming Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie coming, there are also a pair of companion prequel fantasy adventure novels that are being released. These books include Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, The Road to Neverwinter. That's a lot of colons. By author Jaylee. I saw you. Yeah, up. Now, now Kirsten's interested. <laughs> Somebody <Jay> say colon. <laughs> <laughs> it's written by author Jaylee Johnson, who did Mark of the Dragonfly. It's an adult theme book. Uh, the other one is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, The Druid's Call. I love adult themed with lots of colons. No, Kirsten. <laughs> Thank you for your contribution. Uh, by author E.K. Johnston, who wrote Star Wars Ahsoka, which is a, a young adult novel. Uh, Star, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Road of Neverwinter. That's, it's, it's like trying to tell, say all of Barry's honorific. I just, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Just yeah. talk out. And say it multiple times, yeah. 
So the ad- adult-oriented book uh, is Every Adventuring Party <laughs> Has a Starting Quest. Join Edgen Darvis and his team of heroic, well, occasionally heroic, heisters in this official prequel to the film Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Uh, and then on Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves, the Druid's Call, discover Doric's powerful Druid origins in this thrilling young adult prequel to the film Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Both D&D books will be released on February 28th of 2023. And in related Dungeons & Dragons news, Hasbro has released some, uh, or at least announced, some new products in support of the upcoming movie. This includes Dicelings. Which what? are toys that transform into an oversized twenty-sided die into a classic Dungeons and Dragons monster, such what as a the fuck? <laughs> as a uh, white owl bear, a uh, black dragon, a red dragon, and a beholder. Yeah, we now have D and D transformers. Are they plush? They're not plush toys. No, they really? are actual friggin' plastic transformers. Wow. I might get the beholder. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the pictures are interesting. Oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, he didn't sell it to me. He didn't no, sell it. No, the tone. Yeah, the, the tone. <laughs> Todd's not here to sell it. <laughs> I am going to make a prediction that sometime between now and the release of this movie, they're going to have alternate rules for druids where they can turn into owlbears. Actually, I've heard people talk about like the circle of the... Of the bullshit of the, of the of the aberrations or the circle of the something circle of the monsters circle yeah. of the making it so that you could turn into owlbears yes. something like that yeah there or, it is you know or maybe there's something else in there let's just know. change the rules of the game oh my god hey, leave the to fit a movie okay look Truth's awesome. they they ignored me and made a bard the uh, leader so you know they can ignore you too technically bard characters oh, are God. here it is here we go here, here we go there it is they are the they the, the glue that binds us oh, all together where, what fucking game have you ever played where the bard was the leader no i i mean i kind of agree with you but the they tend fail? to be charismatic shut up oh i'm talking about Real game. They oh, tend to be charismatic, you, okay? and charismatic yeah. characters are always the leaders because they are the best for interaction. You're, you're with explaining. NPCs. You're explaining, but you have have you ever played a game where the bard character was the leader? We've I'm only, the leader whenever I step forward. There you go. The only <laughs> game we've played with a bard is yours, right? What do you mean, Gert? Dave. is not the leader. Pirate Dave and uh, Rufus Goldpepper. Boy, those right. sound Both like leaders them. right there. So oh, yeah. leadership. Oh, yeah. Pirate Dave is drunk all the time, and so that's he's... a leader you want to follow. <laughs> there was, there was. I think I mentioned this before. This guy, profession dungeon master, who does Dungeon Craft YouTube channel. He actually had a, one of his younger players. This guy was in his twenties on there, and they watched the trailer. And the young guy, who has no experience with prior D and D, was just like, "Hmm, looks like they made the roguish kind of bard character the leader," which. Everyone in D&D knows is dumb because they're usually, you want your leader to be smart, and they're not the smartest. <laughs> and it's like, ta-da! Even the Bard's Tale, that was a support character. You oh, don't always God. want the, the, the leader to be the smart character. No, though. you want the leader to be the charismatic character. Charismatic. The, the charismatic can, can, oh God, you guys. You know, I discovered this. <laughs> you're just, you're just, but it never happens. That's my point. 
You know, we, we need to at some point have you, Kirsten, talk to your therapist about your bigotry towards bards. <laughs> and halflings. And halflings. And halflings, yeah. yeah. It's hey. the unreasonable and and me. Uh, anger towards... And axe Well, very, very, it's, it's reasonably directed anger. The other two are unreasonably directed anger. <laughs> Jeffrey, yeah. thank you for your contribution. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, that was action. Um, <laughs> I, I looked up those dicelings while you're talking. Wow, those are really weird <laughs> oh, uh, apparently they're coming in March yes. it's pre-order only right now that's correct say the size Barry we're in trouble there was a point where I realized that you know intelligence is great but it, it, it doesn't trump charisma which game which character life dude yeah life <laughs> but which D&D game did the bard step up and lead the last one I played I, I dumped my Dungeons and Dragons movie HSX stock a month ago. Yeah, <laughs> I keep forgetting you still do HSX. Every every D and D team, the the bard's off trying to fuck the dragon. That's that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're not wrong. <clears throat> or, he's, or he's triple multiclassing. That, yeah, that's fun. You know, <laughs> let's do some red light, green light. Okay. Wow, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, you, you haven't. Done you that. haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We did it last week, actually. Fuck off. <laughs> Fucketh offeth. Okay. Wow. Hey, hey be nice. Uh, Fucketh yeah, be all nice. the way offeth. Didn't realize we were getting Shakespearean today. <laughs> Why'd yo, devil get Shakespearean on your ass? <laughs> I call this meeting of Dunright Productions to order. I've got four more pitches here. We have to green light one of them. Each one of you gets one green light, and but you must green light something, and one or more of these may be fake. The pitches you have to choose between today are Witch Mountain, My Hero Academia, Scanners, and Kolchak The Truth Is Out There. We'll start with Witch Mountain. Bryce Dallas Howard has been tapped to star in the upcoming Witch Mountain series for Disney+, Plus, which centers around a pair of teenagers that develop strange abilities and discover their sleepy suburb may not be as idyllic as it seems. The pilot hails from 12 Monkeys and Picard scribes Travis Fickett and Terry Metalis, who serve as executive producers. Augustine Fizell, who did Euphoria, will direct and executive produce the pilot. The cinematic Witch Mountain property currently spans five feature films, including a 1995 made-for-TV movie and a 2009 reboot starring Dwayne Johnson and Anna Sophia Robb. So what do you think about putting, putting Witch Mountain as a TV series? Well, I don't think that <clears throat> appeals to any of us here. Yeah, it, I I love the original Witch the Mountain movies, yeah. and uh, I mean it's it eerie Indiana, strange things. It's it's obviously just you know, hey, yeah, well, their their neighborhood is more than they think, and they're weird too. So there's actually a kind of Hollywood logic to it, but you know, I always appreciated the whole we're trying to get the fuck out of Dodge, but. Yeah, they kind of got away from that, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can see they're trying to, like, I think, reinvigorate the title they already own, Disney, and just bring a younger audience Everyone's to Everyone's trying to do their own strange things, which is funny because it's like, you know. Stranger it, Things? Stranger Things. Okay. It's on its way out. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's not to say that that thing sucks and is terrible, but it's just like that's on its way out, folks. Look for the new thing. Ah, eh, well, that's an old story, but. Well, maybe the new thing is My Hero Academia. Legendary Entertainment is developing a live-action adaptation of My Hero Academia for Netflix. The script will be written by Joby Harold, who previously worked on Lucasfilm's Obi-Wan Kenobi, John Wick Chapter 3, Transformers Rise of the Beasts, Robin Hood, and Army of the Dead. Renowned Japanese filmmaker Shinsuke Sato, who did Alice in Borderland, will direct and executive produce the project. My Hero Academia is written and illustrated by Koei Horikoshi. Horikoshi. The story is set in a world in which 80% of humanity have developed some sort of special powers known as quirks. Not all of them super, and not all of them used for good. The story focuses on a young boy who obsessively follows new heroes while having no abilities of his own. But regardless of that, he vows to work as hard as he can, quirk or no quirk, to become a symbol of peace and a beacon of hope for the world. What do you think of My Hero Academia, the series? And it's based on a comic series or uh, a manga? Manga. Uh, the the uh, um, Alice in Borderland. Uh, what what's Strike? the term we use? Um, uh, I, I can't think. Legacy um, um, connection um, connection um, um, credential whatever the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious the uh, masturbation the uh, <laughs> that, haberdashery that is good. That's good. So, but I mean, beyond, you know, eh, okay, a kid. A kid who has no powers. Oh, boy. In a world where there's a lot of powers. Yeah. Yes. What, and, you know, what are the odds eventually he develops powers? High. Yeah, quite high. <clears throat> Next up, David Cronenberg's classic 1981 horror film, Scanners, is being adapted into a series for HBO Max. Good luck with that. <laughs> That's the fake one right there. Yeah. <laughs> the creative team includes, includes William Bridges, who wrote the USS Callister episode of Black Mirror. He'll also act as showrunner. On top of that, Dan Demange, who helmed the pilot for HBO's Lovecraft Country, is directing Scanners. The film told the... Uh, Film told of a small group of people with a range of psychic, telepathic, and telekinetic powers. One faction of scanners, as, as these people are labeled, once led was led by a power-mad man named Revok, who aims to take over the world while a private security firm recruits its own scanners to stop him for his own possibly shady reasons. The series is being described as a, quote, visceral thriller set in the mind-bending world of Cronenberg's film. It will focus on two women living on the fringes of modern society who are pr pursued by relentless agents with unimaginable powers and thus must learn to work together to topple a vast conspiracy determined to bring them to heal, unquote. Cronenberg will serve as executive producer on the series. How do you feel about a Scanners TV Series. I was there until that last fucking sentence. Conspiracy is that the word? The, the whole, no. The, well, first of all, the word I was looking for was pedigree, because this one's pedigree is good. Yeah, these are all good people that I, I I'm happy to see it. And I and was Scanners was a fun mo movie. And in the 80s. and and what's yeah. what's in what's the, the credo of geek flicks? A Greek 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 uh, flicks. Greek flicks. They have flick? to have butts in them. You know, if we're gonna remake it, remake something that was bad. 
right? Yeah. And Scanners was a fun movie, but boy, oh boy, was it a low-budget execution. Oh, yeah. It does not hold right? up well now. I saw it recently, yeah, yeah. and I was like, wow, yeah. I used to love this Michael film. Ironsides does not <laughs> save that movie. So, <laughs> so I shouldn't add that to my watch list. Yeah, yeah. Seen yeah. Okay. So, yeah, of course, you've never you seen it. You are forgetting. How have you yeah. never I've seen, never no, seen it either. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, you have mm-hmm. an excuse. He doesn't. So anyway, I mean, but with the head exploding and everything. Oh, I've seen yeah. that scene a million times. Yeah. Other than you can clip shows, but, but just, people, just keep watching that. You're done. People running, uh, two women on the run. They have to learn to work together. Oh God, man, I was there <laughs> until um, you went until into that storyline. Until they went to there, and finally, anyway. Nathan Fillion will star as Carl Kolchak. Bullshit. Alongside with David DeLuise from Wizards of Waverly Place, as editor Tony Vincenzo for producer-director Edgar Wright, who will produce this reboot of the 70s cult classic, called Check, The Truth Is Out There for Hulu. Originally, originally set to have been a movie starring Johnny Depp, New General Entertainment content chairman Dana Walden has moved the project to a series for Hulu. Depp will now serve executive producer along with producing partner Christy Dembrowski. Wright, who wrote the script with Christy Wilson-Cairns, who did Last Night in Soho, will direct the pilot. Updated to modern times, the show is set to take place three years after the events of The Night Stalker. Kolchak and Vincenzo have been lured back to Las Vegas to produce a show for independent news media with Kolchak serving as an Art Bell-type journalist. The programming executive, Chris Carter, played by Nicole Berry of Sleepy Hollow, feels Kolchak's brand of out-there-in-your-face journalism will be a hit with the internet conspiracy crowd. In a bit of a twist from the original series, she doesn't care if the stories are true or not as long as they bring in the ratings. This puts Kolchak in the position of having to defend journalistic standards while also digging into the bizarre stories he runs across. In a statement, Wright says, Expect the show to be a hybrid of standalone stories along with the more serialized storytelling we've grown used to in modern television. We're also going to be pushing the limits of what's possible for TVMA content as far as horror goes. And he adds, We are happy to have Nathan on board. We think his talent for both comedy and drama will be perfect fit for Kolchak. And yes, the names Chris Carter and Truth is Out There are homages to X-Files producer Chris Carter, who often cited Kolchak as inspiration for that show, unquote. Uh, shooting during the Rookies Spring Slash Summer Hiatus, the eight-episode series set for a January 2024 debut. What do you think of Kolchak? The truth is out there. Bullshit. I mean, it uh, sounds like a. I like it. I yeah, totally that's like, like the, the only kind one. Of, that's the only that's one. A, it's, it's a good pitch. Pedigree is nice. Fillion is, is doing uh, Kolchak is an interesting twist, especially with all the modern with all the modern overlay that they put into it. So obviously it's fake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the whole, that's what and I'm listening to the Vegas, whole time. Las Vegas, yeah. So there you have it. Witch Mountain, My Hero Academia, Scanners, and Cold Check the Truth is out there. Where do you put your green light, Deb? She's making that face like, Yeah, that's a, that's a no, face. Yeah, the faces, none of these are good choices. Um, I think I'm going to go with the, the manga story, My Hero Academia. All right. Barry, where's yours? Uh, My Hero Academia, because it's got a following already. I won't watch it, but it, it hits all those the major points. You know, young adult, it's a bunch of different powers, and you've got the superhero angle. The kids will like it. I'll make money. Matt, where's yours? I know it's fake, but i got to go with Kolchak, just because 
we need a new X-Files kind of flavor in there. I like it, but it's fake. Jeff. I'm with Matt on this one. I would love for Kolchak to be real, but it just sounds like it's the fake one. Cause was the original any good? Yeah. No, oh, it sucks. It's awful. In fact, Andy usually likes that kind of thing, but he hates that show. Hmm. Are you making this up? You can yeah, see it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely adores it. <laughs> yeah, the, the original Kolchak, the Night Stalker, uh, I mean, it... <sighs> I could hear him say it's, what it's from a here. Bit, it's a bit dated if you go back and watch it now. Sure. But I think a lot of the storytelling and the acting holds up. And 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 Darren McGavin totally oh, holds it together. Dude, McGavin, I, that's why I think Fillion doing his personal take on that character mm. would be amusing mm-hmm. because Darren McGavin is the one that made that show watchable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm 99% certain that's the fake one, even though I want it to be real. Kirsten, you're the tiebreaker in this. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> My Hero Academia, uh, kids. <laughs> People and kids. Um, it's actually it's actually not a bad concept, especially the he he's prompt, you know, he's gonna be the best, goodest, whateverest, you know, despite the fact that's actually kind of has an appeal to it. Uh, the scanners thing, like I said, I was totally there right up until that end. I suppose that last line, they can make that whole thing work, but God almighty, I hate the whole, eh, they hate each other until they don't, you know, type of thing. And then, uh, uh, what was the other one of those? Which Mountain. Which Mountain. Which Mountain. It's already getting made, so, you know. <sighs> Which Mountain is like... I, I, I just wish they weren't repeating the trope, you know? Like I said, I like the whole running. I think Escape to Witch Mountain. They were they were going somewhere. Right. So sit, it just, it's another Stranger Things, Erie, Indiana, all of that. Yeah. It's a journey know. and someone was trying to stop them. That's just good right, drama. Right, you know, kind of sort of like Scanners. <sighs> well, I think the but Terry Metalis behind it is the saving grace. Pedigree. No, pedigree, yeah. is, pedigree is fine. I'm uh, surprised Howard is actually... Acting at this point, I was expecting I think to hear. She's her. acting and producing, though, yeah. if I remember. Doing some directing you as said, well, right? I, I do, I, nope, but she's just nope. acting. Yeah. Just so acting, playing okay. the mother well, of one of the kids. But um, I but stand corrected. I I am going to go with Kolshak because I like the pitch, I like the twists, I like the approach. Uh, one of the cooler things, he's trying to save journalistic integrity while his boss is like, print it. You know, tell the story, get on the air, whatever, you know, the the angle is, the fact that it is the conspiracy thing that all neatly fits together. That's very that's that is just a a great, a great uh, dissemination, you know, distillation of modern times. So I I have to go with Kolshak. All right. Which of these do you think are fake Deb? Sorry. How is it? How is it actually spelled like Cole? K-O-L. C H A K, right? I think so. Cold check? Yeah. Uh, okay. My brain heard cold check the first time. I'm like, I yeah. Well, your brain was probably hearing the closer to appropriate pronunciation from Eastern Europe. Okay. Got it. Oh, your brain was hearing Torgo not saying it right. Die. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either scanners or cold check. Uh, you vote for both? Could be both. Ooh. Can Ooh. I vote for both? Yes, you can. Yes. I'm voting for both. <laughs> Can I do that? Yes, you can. I'm doing it. <laughs> Barry. Cold check. Matt. I don't want it to be fake, but it probably is. Cold check, fake but I will also fuck. go with scanners as uh-huh. well. Jeff. Cold check. Kirsten. 
Kolchak. It is way too perfect a pitch. It just it yeah. takes it hits all the angles, all the notes. It's what Hollywood should be doing and refuses to do. Exactly. It is obviously the fake pitch. You know why it's obviously the fake pitch? Because they mentioned Kolchak. No one in the history of ever has ever really, really talked about Kolchak other than Biggs and you people. <laughs> Biggs and you people. What do you mean, you people? What I do mean, you mean, you, you people. people? And why are you loop, looping in you people with Biggs? <laughs> <laughs> the fake one was sent to us this week by... Steve Biggs, and it's Kolchak. Yeah, you see what I mean? You see what I mean? Ah! Fucking Biggs. Hilarious. <laughs> of course it was him. When he sent me that The only pitch. person that gives a shit about fucking Kolchak. <laughs> when he sent me that pitch and I read it, I'm like, I want to edit it, but you put in so many like great quotes from people and so on, but I'm like... This one's just too good to be true. This is <laughs> yeah, just not going to fool anyone. It quite literally is a perfect pitch. It yeah. totally sets up everything. It totally Except modernizes. Well, even, the Vegas. even the title, Cold too Check much. the Truth is out there. That was my first red flag. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, got it. The first files, the, Chris the pilot, pilot movie, because originally it was going to be a series of TV movies, did take place in Vegas. Hmm. The vampire murders were in Vegas. That's right. I forgot mm. about that. It's, and then, it's been a long time and then since it was, I've seen And it. then it was like, well, maybe they're in Seattle. And then it was like, no, no, they're in Chicago. Yeah. Chicago kind of a good location. But it was originally in uh, the pilot movie was in Vegas. That well, still wouldn't have helped it because the only person on the planet who gives a shit about Kolchak, other than maybe Andy, is Stephen Biggs. Andy, I, Andy I care too, actually. I like that series. It's a, it, it was fun. It was, uh, especially towards the end, it started... It started flagging. The uh, The very last episode is, uh, is, is a guy in a lizard man suit that doesn't live up to the original series Gorn standard. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. But, Are but, we talking like green-faced monkey aliens from uh, Mechagodzilla, that bad? Um, uh, no, we're talking like take the Gorn, but have uh, a middle school kid make it in an afternoon for a you know, costume party. So, But the other thing, because wow. they actually would take, they would actually, like Chris Carter did with a lot of X-Files, they would take actual folklore, and they would actually try to use as much appropriateness as they could. And they did Rakshasa. They did um, <sighs> all sorts of... They did witches, but the approach on witches was was uh, different from what you would expect. And they actually did some nice folkloric, nice uh, myth, uh, horror type of stuff. And, uh, and McGavin was fantastic in it. He, it. Actually, some of his best work, so... But he actually ended up doing a hell of a lot of the writing. He got exhausted with it. He had signed on for the TV movies. So when they made a series, he was like, holy fucking shit. Every week, it turned into Monster of the Week. And he just, and eventually he was, I think he was, the word is, is he was kind of glad when it finally did get canceled. To the point that it was years before geek, you know, geekness could actually get him into talking about it. Eventually he did, but 
And if you got a pitch to send to us, write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com and put pitches bitches in the subject title and then put that in the body your pitch. And if you don't want me to edit it, please uh, indicate so uh, before the pitch. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Blarg, who doesn't know what the true meaning of Christmas is. And Deb. And we want to thank our Tier 3 members for Kofi members Dan Stecklasa, Daniel Loser, Snoop 2, Elizabeth W., Gabriel Adame, Adrian Kirsch, Major Meh, Michael Hoffman, Azrael175, Mohan Nair, The Micro Scoop, Steve Biggs, Elena Knupp, Kenton Miller, I have been mispronouncing this, Deb. How did I say Asia Shakai? It's not it. It's Asia Shaki. Asia Shaki. Nah, yeah. go with Asia Shakai. Asia that, Sh- that sounds better. Asia <laughs> Shaki and Alexander West and Gomer Geek. And of course, our tier four members King Vault, Deb T, David Ferrar, Atomic Gumby, J.R. Conkle, and tier five members Leon Mitt. Congratulations on winning that mini, Leon. Jeff Harris, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martin, Glumley. A special thank you to uh, Pat Spurl for sending us the Zots. Yeah. And of course, uh, Scoop Rodriguez for sending me uh, Escape from New York. Torgo mispronounces a name. What a shock. I know. Shock- it's never happened Shocky. before. It's a geek shock. We'll talk to you next week at Geek. Ugh. Zots. That's a great bag of Zots. It's a I noisy bag of The raspberry one had the fizzy stuff on the outside. Is that normal, or is it just had a hole? That means that probably another one busted open, and some yeah. of the powder got on. The Actually, I have to. I have to. I have to own it. Uh, I got no fizzy. You got no fizzy. Well, yeah. that's probably why yours was fizzy on the outside because you got. <laughs> I Kirsten's. had two. I had two. Both were not fizzy for me. That's weird. Maybe it's Maybe. because I can still remember Pop Rocks. So I like Pop Rocks. Everyone so remembers Pop Rocks. Well, they, have gone, they haven't I gone away. Obviously, remember it better than you guys. Oh, oh okay. do you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a subtle undertext here that some people don't understand. Undertext, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Subtext? Undertext. Undertale. Kolshak. The Undertale. Great pitch, Steve. God damn it. I think I don't think it should be based in Vegas. I think you honor the legacy uh, by having the first adventure in Vegas, but actually I think he should go everywhere. Uh-huh. Yes, Steve, you fucked up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I think, um, and yeah, I think it could be, um, yeah, it was a good pitch. What would Steve's special Christmas power be? Uh, a jolly laugh. <laughs> <laughs> a laugh that can make everyone smile. Oh, listen to that. Oh, yeah, that's, that's so kind yeah, and nice. That's and nice. nice. Yeah, that that's was very nice. nice. Deb absolutely engaged her power there. <laughs> bah humbug. <laughs> God, the way she just enjoys yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Jeff said it right. Humbug. <laughs> humbug bitches. Humbug bitches. <laughs> <Wow>. T-shirt. <laughs> Is it though? Yes. <laughs> With me, we just yes. crossed arms, a scowl. Humbug. We get a Christmas hat and put it on yeah, a Barry's head and put that on a shirt. With humbug bitches. Okay, that might that's, sell. That's the holiday years. sticker. That's the holiday <laughs> that's sticker right holiday now. That's the holiday sticker. And hat. put them in a snow humbug globe while bitches. we're at Write it. that down, Deb. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> with Andy as a little elf right beside him. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it because he's in his butt. <laughs> don't talk about my butt. <laughs> I don't like I don't like your tone when you speak about butt. <laughs> tone. <laughs> yes, my. you can talk about my my butt, but don't just not watch your tone. tone. Just watch the tone. <laughs> you don't like. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you don't like my butt tone? <laughs> I like big butts and I cannot lie. Bum, bum. Other girls can't deny. Bum, bum. I can't remember the rest of it. Da, 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 da. You knew oh, it. That, that, that was so <laughs> For a brief moment. That's the same lyrics as the end of the world as we know, and I feel fine.